The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rand Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and we are here again from the Elwood Mansion, the brand new pool room studios, even though we don't have a pool table here, which I'm still trying to chip away at the lady, see if she'll let us uh, nix the dining room table and just maybe make it a pool table, but that's not going very well. Uh, Pray for me, people. Uh, You know, I am cohabitating with my partner for the very first time, and I'm not sure uh, how long it's really going to take her to be done with my bullshit and probably kick my ass out on the curb. Um, <laughs> if I do, it's okay. I'm going to move in with Mike in the trailer and we'll, we'll get even closer than we already are. There is not enough room for you here. <laughs> I, I haven't introduced you yet, fucker. All right. As, um, you, you just heard that voice interrupt. That is your wonderful and most favoritist co-host in all of the podcast landscape. It is Michael Windsor. How are you today? Hello. Good morning. We've lived we've doing lived well. How are you? Successfully for like seven years. You don't think that that we could cohabitate in that camper together? Nope, it's too small, buddy. No, come on, I'll empty the shitter for you. You said your shitter was full. All right, let's let's get off this subject, please. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, in all seriousness, it's great to see you. It's a Sunday morning. I, I feel like uh, not only are we going to grow closer as friends, but we're going to grow closer to Jesus as we do this pod. This is sacred ground. We have never done a pod. I, I don't think it. 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning, so... But we've tried. Like, we tried. We've tried. We've tried. But, again, I, I think this is, in my opinion, the perfect time to drink Rumplemints, if there actually is a perfect time. Um, I would love for communion not to be wafers and wine, but to be, like, Rumplemints and, you know, uh, French fries or something like that. That, that to me, is bartender communion right there. Um, I, I, I already see our guest shaking his head and... and with a little bit of fear in his eyes on that notion, but uh, we're going to get into an amazing show today. This is actually our second time recording with this wonderful individual. He was so amazing, we had to bring him back twice. Um, <laughs> now, as, as per usual, we, uh, you know, if anybody listens to the show, you guys know we always have some recording issues. We got a little held up, but that's all right. We're going to put it on wax again. Um, a little trial run, and now we're going to work it out, so... Uh, before we get into the show, and I tell you a little bit more about our guest and the drink that we're, we're going to be uh, profiling today, Michael, what is new, buddy? Well, I had a pretty intense server nightmare last night. Yeah? When, just before I even ask you about that, how long has it been since you've served a table or been behind the bar? Like seven years. Yeah. So this is just... For any of you that have never worked in this business, you don't know what a server nightmare is. Um, I'm going to let Michael tell you his story and the nightmare he had, but please understand that they never go away, okay? If you've worked in this crazy business for 20 minutes, that anxiety and that worry that you didn't put in the order or you're weeded or, oh, somebody walked on a check, those type of kitchen nightmares and server nightmares, they never go away. They will haunt you for the rest of your days. And so I got to hear this, Mike. What was yours about? Uh, it's always about Bluestone. <clears throat> um, that, that was probably Why do you the, think that is? It, it, that was, I spent a lot of time there, and then additionally, it was, that was like more of the 
that that was where it was more anxious. It was like kind of casual fine dining, and there was a lot of people there, so there was just a lot always going on. But it's always the same stuff. My boss had it out for me, caught me chewing gum. We kept getting sat, and this is I'm sorry, this is real life, or this is the nightmare. No, no, this is the this is the nightmare. But just like just continually getting sat, and people like I walked into a a room, and like there were all these tables staring at me, and they didn't have any drinks, and I was like, okay, let's let's get everybody drinks, and it was just it's just that stuff just over and over again there was one difference the, the first time that this has happened in my server nightmare i was telling my co-workers about herd card game and i'm not making that up so in, in, in between like yeah in, in between like trying to you know appease my boss and seat these tables and get drinks and all this stuff i'm like yeah have you guys heard about this herd card game it's like uh <laughs> it's like cards against humanity michael for the service to, industry it's how dedicated michael is to not only chandler and the herd card game but just the craft he, he really but if, if you people can't hear his enthusiasm coming through right now on the show um it might be hidden because i know his tone is a little somber on a Sunday morning. I know we're all a little bit tired. We're wiping the cobwebs off, but Mike's passion for the show goes so deep that even in his fever dreams, the BRP podcast and the herd card game creep on in. Um, dude, I, I got to ask you, has that been a reoccurring dream? Well, it's just always a bluestone. So it's always, always a something stone. a little different, but it's something's always just, gone. you know, something's on tables fire, not getting sad, boss is yeah. upset. Ka- Caitlyn Jenner was my boss at bluestone one night. I don't know. It's weird shit. <laughs> okay. So. Um, that's, I, was that a nightmare or was that a sex? I'm not, was I'm not a... trying to be analyzed right now. It just, uh, it's just, <laughs> okay. it's, they just never go away and you wake up and you're kind of in a cold sweat and you're like, Oh yeah, I don't work in the service industry anymore. <laughs> my, uh, my server nightmares also all come from the exact same place. I, I worked at a, a joint in college that is no longer open, but it was just so horribly mismanaged that at any given time you turn around and you know, 5, 10, 15 orders were just, like, not being made. Like, no tickets were in the kitchen. It's not like they were running late. There was not even a start on them. Um, and I, I still have these nights where I'll, I don't really have very lucid dreams, but I know I'm dreaming because my dreams will wake me up from a dead sleep. And I, I know I've had a server nightmare when I go, <gasps> I'm like, oh, thank God. Oh, my God. There's no customers here. I can go back to bed. I can go back to bed. So, but um, uh, a quick a quick little segue, because I truly wasn't making that up. I was literally walking around telling my coworkers about the Herd card game. Uh, this will be released the on the 20th, uh, provided that something doesn't happen. The I know we've been, we missed, we missed like three weeks in a row there. Sorry about that, folks. But uh, the 22nd of February is the last day to get your special pre-order for the uh, BRP expansion pack. So you get free shipping for the, for the BRP card. expansion pack. Yep. And then Which if you the order card game with all of our amazing show references, if you've been following along these last couple years and listening to all of our guests, all the funny and ridiculous and gross stories that they have told us, we've taken the best of them, the cream of the crop, and boiled them down into a special expansion pack for the Herd card game. So please support us, support Kurt, Herd, and honest to God, support your own social life, okay? You want to be the coolest kid in your bar? Uh, buy your bar a Herd uh, card game. You want to be your bartender's favorite regular? Buy him or her a Herd card game BRP expansion pack. It is just a fun game to have around, to dick around with your friends and play, and I promise you, I promise you, a barrel of laughs if you support us and uh, and grab yourself a pack. So please pre-order that. 
It's yep, much and the yeah the pre-orders you get a special deal if you get the core set with our expansion pack uh, you get uh, special pricing on that and you get a sticker pack from us as well so if you've been thinking about buying one now's the time because you'll get a good deal on it and you'll help not only support herd and Chandler but you'll be helping support us as well goddamn right goddamn right and I know Mike already uh, uh, kind of mentioned you know your boss getting on him and and uh, you know, shitty days at work when nothing's nothing's working right, and the kitchen isn't pumping out orders, or you've been triple sad, or your coworker didn't do their side work. And sometimes that's not a nightmare. Sometimes that's your fucking reality at your job. If it is, keep in mind, guys, we now have a brand new thing here on the show. It is called the BRP suggestion box. Okay, and what that is a hotline that you can call into. All right, and vent all your frustrations with work, um, with your shitty customers, with your shitty boss, with somebody who stiffed you on a tip. Call in, leave a voicemail, and tell us about all the bullshit that you're dealing with at your bar or your restaurant. And Mike and I are going to play those. And uh, we might make some comments, have some laughs, but we're going to use that as bonus content. And that can be a ton of fun. You can call in and vent a little bit. It'll be a good cathartic release. And Mike. Tell the people what the number is for the BRP suggestion box. Yeah, that number is 423-PODRANT or 423-763-7268. But easy way to remember it, 423-PODRANT. That is right. Call in and make sure you leave us uh, any gripes that you may have about your day in, day out. All right. Without further ado, we're going to get it rolling. As we always say, guys, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you listening. You are the reason we do this show. Uh, if you want to support us more, obviously we just mentioned Herd Card Game. We mentioned the suggestion box. But you can always listen to the very end of the show. Mike and I give a whole rundown on our merch, how you can hang out with us on a BRP industry night, where you can get some of the cool playlists Mike is uh, making, um, and a bunch of other ways to support us as executive producers or if you want to get more involved as one of our regulars. So please listen at the end of the show. We do this because we want to keep bringing you guys great stories, and we want to keep interviewing bartenders coast to coast, but we need your help to do that. Um, And always, guys, keep in mind, if you're struggling, this is a very tough business to be in. Um, It weighs on you, and I think a lot of us, uh, we struggle with mental health and a lot of times cope, uh, you know, through self-medication. So if you're struggling um, with, you know, alcohol, drugs, anything like that, if this business is just weighing you down and you need somebody to talk to, please reach out to Mike and I. We are here and happy to talk. We've dealt with a lot of this stuff, being in this business for a long time. Um, we're not professional counselors, but we would love uh, to be a shoulder if you if you want to reach out to us via email. Just talk to somebody uh, and, and vent a little bit about this crazy business. If you do need professional help, guys, please, Mike is always going to put resources at the very end of the show. It'll be the last thing on the episode before we, uh, before we leave you. Call, get yourself some help. Um, we want you to be happy, healthy, and coming back and enjoying this show with us and helping us build this community. So, as Mike always says, the world is a much better place with you in it. And that is very true. Or at, le- or at least uh, a more interesting place. <laughs> let's let's no be doubt. honest here. <laughs> no doubt. Um, all right. I think we have gotten all of the administrative bullshit out of the way. Let's get right to this episode. I have a rosy-faced, beautiful guest right in front of me. He's got the matching hat and shirt combo. I really dig it. It is Joe Collinger, and he has brought us a very interesting take on the Boilermaker. It's Red Stripe and Rumplemints. That's right. We're doing some R&Rs this morning, people. Get ready, because here we go. 
All right, Joel, wonderful to have you on the show, my friend. How are you today? Doing very well, guys. Thank you again for having me. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting morning. A little <laughs> early for Red Stripe and Rumpelmans, but hey, time isn't always on our side. It's all right. I went to I went to the early service this morning. I, I sang, you know, I sang my hymns and now I'm here ready with a clean heart, um, full of joy, ready to do this podcast. And I hope you are, too. I know it's uh, we appreciate you not only coming on for a second time, but coming on in the morning on a Sunday. And I can already see you're at the bar. So you probably got to work today. No, I'm actually off today. Um, oh, hell my yeah. bosses are lovely and decided to give me Super Bowl Sunday off. As we're going to close early because we don't have TVs and nobody wants to be in a bar with no TVs for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, I would assume that's a no man's land. Um, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you basically, as a bar without TVs, which don't get me wrong, I do love. You need those bars that have a little yeah. bit less focus on the media and a little more focus on the cocktails and the food and the atmosphere there. But you pretty much have raised your hand and said, hey, if there's a large social event... We're not part of it, <laughs> and everybody oh, go elsewhere. Hundred percent, and I mean, even as a place that I mean, we're closed two days a week. So if St. Yeah. Patty's Day or Cinco de Mayo or anything falls on those yeah. days that we're closed, kick rocks. We don't care. <laughs> uh, you gotta love that as a you gotta love that as a bartender that works there, though, because that means every now and then you're gonna get these amazing days off, like today. I mean, yeah, no, it's unbelievable, and actually, just like have people that actually care about the mental health of everybody in the establishment really goes a long way, which is, I mean, you can't really ask for more than that. I think we can all, all three of us agree and a lot of our listeners too. It's rare. That's something that's never been commonplace in the service business. I do think we're trending in the right direction. I think more and more and more you're seeing people um, make, make very uh, serious and conscious decisions to make mental health and reinvesting in their employees a top priority in the restaurant business. I also think that over time, the profile of who gets into the business has changed a bit, right? I feel like 20, 30 years ago, that bar owner or that bar manager was just some schmuck that fell ass backwards into that or didn't have any other plan of anything to do career-wise, and so that's what they did. I think now there are more people that are really taking great care um, in, in, looking, in bringing some more professionalism this business and I don't mean making it corporate I just mean treating people with respect learning how to manage people from a mental health standpoint giving people space when they've worked 80 hours in like five days you know um, so I, I love to hear that that you you have a, a great group down there but um where so let's get let, let's get it right off and started here Joel why did you come on the show what what motivated you to join us in the first place uh, well, so the first episode I listened to was John Matiers, and I heard it and was just like, oh, 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 man, these guys seem pretty dope. I think I can contribute in some uh, positive ways <laughs> and, uh, yeah, let, let some of that stuff that I've learned over the years and experienced over the years working in bars all over the world and just get, yeah, spread that love. Yeah, if and John, John's episode was hilarious. The the bag of sex toys, I'll never forget. Oh, it's a and, uh, it, the, like a it was like a suitcase or something like, like that. Yeah, that was toys. incredible. That little also, old BDSM pretty, grandpa. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure John called you out on the episode. So if I'm not mistaken, um, this might be one of our first ever guests where somebody said, hey, you got to bring Joel on to do the gauntlet, and now we have you on. Well, 
a little bit of clarification on that. Where Joel and BRP actually connected was, uh, it was after the the uh, Mother Russia story. Because Joel, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've you've actually listened to all of our episodes, right? Yeah, so I listened to John's first, and then I went back and was like, eh, I walk to work every day. I can burn some time. So I started listening from the beginning, and I was just like, oh, shit, here we go. I've, I've done some little Mother Russia in my life. <laughs> so, first of all, thank, thank you for listening. We really, we truly appreciate that. But I got a mess. We got a message from him on Instagram where he's like, so, yeah, I've actually drank a Mother Russia before. And I was like, shut up. Don't say another word. Like, we're going to get you on the show. And yeah. uh, we'll probably yeah, gonna, get to that story. Wait. But also... Mike, very good radio tease there. I, I, I almost thought you were going to divulge it, but I see oh, yeah. that you're just setting it up for later. And we're going to save that story for once we get into the yeah. gauntlet, because that's one of my – I haven't heard it yet. And I'm very excited to get into that, because I'm, I'm going to just say, I would drink a Mother Russia right now if you made it for me, okay? Is she hot? Uh, yeah. It de- is is she adult. hot? You're talking about someone's mother, Steve. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it's a young child. It's fine. <laughs> There you go. That's my point. That baby's thirsty, point. and you want to put pour it into an alcoholic beverage for yourself, you selfish you know, it's, prick. It's, it, it looks I'm, like a I'm piece of bubble gum. What's <laughs> I'm the thirsty. I'm thirsty. Yeah, daddy, daddy's thirsty. Um, well, well, Joe, I'm so happy that you've uh, you've decided to do this crazy show. And um, you know, usually I like to warn our guests, but you've listened to all the episodes, so man, you know what? You did this to yourself. Okay. Uh, good luck as yeah, we get into the gauntlet. But let's get started with yeah, and uh, um, with, with what drink you brought today because I think it's a really unique combination. I'm a huge fan of Rumple. I'm a huge fan of Boilermakers. But the idea of putting Rumple with a Jamaican lager, like why Red Stripe and Rumple? Well, so I pretty much quit drinking whiskey after I got COVID. I just don't have a taste for it anymore, unfortunately, because I love Jameson. And there's a few other Irish whiskeys that I'll put down as well. But Jameson's definitely what I was raised on as a God-fearing individual, per se. <laughs> uh, uh, here, here. And, but we don't we don't carry it at the bar that I work at. So Rumplemints has always just kind of been one of those uh, industry shots over the years. And Bartender water, I love, that's right. Yeah, I love shit beer. So, I mean, whether it's Red Stripe or Modelo or... PBR, Narragansett, Natty Bow, like, give me all that shit. <laughs> so, hey, you are in I'm great company, Joel. You are in great company. I'm your brother. I love shit beer, too. I got a Natty Bow tattoo on my ass. I love Natty Light. In college, that's my guy. Look at this guy. <laughs> oh, Natty nice. Bow short sleeve. That is a beauty. We're, we're going to need a picture I, uh, of that. I love that you even got, uh, you know, you, pr- you pronounced Narragansett correctly. That was beautiful. I think the thing for me is Red Stripe is just not very common. Like, I love it. It's just we don't see it a lot. And I think you being down in Florida, maybe it's just more common to see it out of bars? Like, that they Um, have it? No, I think it's actually more since we... So, the name of the bar that I work at is Boat Drinks. So, we're more tropical-themed than anything else. So, that's our flagship beer in the bar. Ah, I see. All right, that makes sense. So yeah. you you have it you have it readily available, most which definitely. is why it maybe lent itself to this particular version of the Boilermaker. Yes, most right. definitely. That makes sense. I mean, I was gonna say, look, I drank a lot of Milwaukee's Beast in high school, in, in college, and oh, yeah. uh, there was another there was another great beer from Pittsburgh called Iron City, and yeah. uh, I don't need do blood a, and metal. 
Oh, come on. I love Iron City. <laughs> they used to do a special at the Penguins games when we would go up to the Igloo uh, to see Penguins games in college, and it was an iron... They called it Iron and Ice, an Iron City and a Rumpelmint's backer. And it's an Iron and Ice shot, oh. or uh, uh, Iron and Ice Boilermaker, and it was incredible. I that, used to love that drink. That hurts my soul to think about. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Jesus. All right, well, listen... I would usually tell you to teach the people how to make it, but why don't you just give them your process of how you drink it? Are you sipping the beer and the shot? Do you just pound the shot and then go right into the, um, room, the red stripe? Look, it depends on my mood. Since it is Sunday morning, I'd probably just pound the problem instead of the red stripe. Right. Uh, that's just me. You can follow your heart however you want it. But I usually try to pour it around an ounce at a time for the rumble. That's a heady play. You know, uh, yeah, a lot I don't want to go too know, heavy. Yeah, a lot of people don't know there are three types of rumble, right? There's a bumple, which is a baby rumple. There's a humple, which is a half of a rumple. And then there's just a standard rumple, which is more than anybody should drink in a sitting. And it always ends up being like yeah. two ounces or two and a half, but... It, that's because you have a bartender pouring bartender water, and there's a good chance that that person has already also been drinking rumble. So um, that, that's the crazy thing about it. The, the elbows get a little heavier when that, uh, when that German bottle comes out. Oh, 100%. Most definitely. We actually, one of my bar backs, he, I took him out after one of his first shifts with us, and he was like, can I get a double rumpy? And the bartender looked at him and was like, Nobody's ever ordered a double rumpy before. Yeah, a dumpy. Because, because we already <laughs> pour doubles. He was like, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, double. Have you never been here like, before, you idiot? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I was just like, I don't know if that's legal. <laughs> I, I, just like, that's not that's not something that should be okay. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure if you order a double rumple, that bartender needs to immediately go back and file a police report. You got to at least put oh. that person on a list, you know? Yeah, they need to be surveilled. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, uh, I won't mention his name, but he also has one of the things that you have to blow in before your car starts. Ah, uh, so, he's a vibe, he's a vibe. Well, but the best thing is, is like he hasn't had to have it on his car for a year, but he just doesn't want to pay for the yeah, removal to get it of out. it. So yeah, he's no just doubt. like, well, it looks like I'm not driving tonight, so happy days, let's go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and in a weird way, that's like him maturing into uh, a new you know, a new phase of discipline in his life. And I like that, you know, he's adapting. Oh, he's definitely not maturing. <laughs> okay. Well, you know better than I, maybe, maybe at some point we're going to have to shout him out to be on the show. Cause he sounds like he might work in the industry too. If he likes running oh, yeah. like that. So yeah. And there's, well, there's the train. So all there's a train. It's an all drink. And this is the perfect time. So loud. Shoot your rumple, throw back your red stripe. And as we always say, don't just listen along, drink along. Oh, yeah, boys. Cheers, boys. All right, fellas. Well, before we get into the drink, then, Joel, which is going to be like your service industry LinkedIn, I always like to do a little bit of cocktail history. And Rumplemints, you know, I could talk about that all day. It's, it's again, one of my favorite uh, go-to bartender shots. I think the big three for me are going to be Rumpel, Grand Marnier, and Jameson. I mean, all just classics, really easy shootable, all, usually at every bar. They're readily available. Even though I was at a German bar in D.C. last night and they didn't have Rumplemints and you can't call yourself a German bar and not have it. Sons of bitches at Softhouse. Anyway, that's they, the story. They had Undeberg, didn't they? No, they had no they had no German liquor. They didn't even have Undeberg. It's crazy. Um, no, they're fired. Yes, I listen, you can't call yourself a German beer garden and not have one of those two things. So, 
Um, but again, story for another time. We could talk about Rumple all day. My passion for Rumple, I think, comes through the microphone. But what I want to talk about for our cocktail history is Red Stripe. And I think when you hear the name Red Stripe, you immediately think of those famous commercials from the early 90s that were then kind of like, you know, brought back in, in the early 2000s. Red Stripe, the Jamaican beer, hooray beer, you know? The, oh, the yeah. classic The classic tagline that actually was an incredible marketing campaign. Hooray Beer helped Red Stripe really break into the market and position itself as this like higher-end, upscale lager somewhere in the same echelon as like Heineken. Now, we could talk about that, but there are a few things about Red Stripe that I think people don't know. It's not the most common beer coast-to-coast here in the States. It's definitely a brand that people recognize. But when I started to look into it, I was a little bit like confused, right? So the the, origi- the original recipe and the original brewing process, obviously from Jamaica, a company called Disnose and Geddes, um, D&G. And they had brewed it in Jamaica since like the late 20s, early 30s, right? This guy, um, Paul Geddes and Bill Martindale were like the original um, re- recipe makers and brewed it there. But the, the company was actually bought and the beer was bought by Heineken. So to the, since 1990, every single, or sorry, excuse me, 1985, every single drop of Red Stripe Jamaican beer is brewed in the Netherlands. And to me, that is a little bit misleading that we're still going to do hooray beer and Jamaican beer and have those marketing commercials with the, you know, the Jamaican diplomat with his nice suit on, but it's this beer's brewed in the Netherlands. I think it's a bit misleading. Um, even since then, uh, there's been some other changing of hands. So Heineken eventually um, uh, kind of sold the rights in production to Guinness Brewing through Diageo. And then actually Heineken acquired Diageo's stake back. So it's moved around a couple hands. But the point is, just like they call Natty Bow a Baltimore beer, but it's brewed in Ohio by Miller Cords. This is a Jamaican beer that's brewed in the Netherlands by Heineken and Diageo. So I, I thought that was the first thing that kind of threw me off. As I looked more into the history of Red Stripe, the other thing that I found really, really interesting is that the first foray into the States for Red Stripe was in Florida. Um, they started importing it into Miami in the mid-80s, and that's the first time you know the, the, the beer really started to pierce the American market. If you know anything about Miami in the 80s, there was this little thing called the drug war, you know, uh, the cocaine cowboys and all the other, uh, you know, cannabis and, and, uh, and heroin and other things that were moving out of South America and up through Florida and into the States. Well, a lot of the businesses at the time were fronts and Red Stripe was no different. It turns out that multiple massive, massive shipments of Red Stripe coming into the port of Miami actually had all different types of drugs that were being smuggled in it. Cannabis, cocaine, all kinds of stuff. It's still not clear if this was the people just transporting the red stripe that had to do with the smuggling of the drugs or if anybody in the company, um, you know, at, at the time at Heineken or at Diageo or at Red Stripe actually knew about these drugs being smuggled. But the fact of the matter is, at one point, Red Stripe beer was a drug smuggling front for the 1980s uh, uh, cocaine cowboys era of Miami, which I thought was really fascinating. 
Hooray drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This exactly. this would be before they started brewing in the Netherlands, obviously, right? Uh, this would have been right at the, pretty much the same time that started. So they started importing from Jamaica first, and then Heineken bought out the rights right, right around the same time it was coming into the States. Heineken had had such success positioning Heineken as a higher-end lager to like Bud Light or Budweiser. They wanted to buy another brand similar to that and kind of cut out that part of the American market, which was higher end lager drinker, Stella, Heineken, you know, things like that. So um, I got, I got, I know we got to get into the drink and I got to take a quick pause. I'm really sorry. I got to get a charger for my phone because now my phone's about to die. So give me one second. He is so for... fucking unprepared every Don't, time. I, it's just... Mike, explain to me how I'm supposed to make my internet work when it doesn't work. Okay? Oh, I'm the supposed to. Wait, working. I have to charge this thing too? Oh. I just got back from D.C. like 20 minutes. Quit wasting time and go get your go fucking fuck charger. Go, you know, why don't you talk to Joel for five minutes, you piece of Hold shit? Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go take charger. a leak. I'll be back, I'm gonna be be right back, back in 30 Joel. seconds, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Leave this in. Hooray, we're back. Yeah, we had some more te- technical difficulties there. Of course, I think it was like a, a three-peat. My computer's not working. My internet's not working. My phone is dying, which is what I'm using to get the video feed. Um, somehow all the microphones are working. I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm going to knock on every wooden object in my entire house right now. Joel's headphone, one of them died. The other one was working. He had to get a new set of headphones. The point is, people... This is very reminiscent of the last time that we recorded with Joel. We had some technical difficulties, but not um, equipment-based. Well, we um, did for the first, like, 30 minutes or so. On both <laughs> ends, we were having issues getting the recording going. Very true. But then once we got going, um, the, the R&Rs, the, the Rumpies and, and Red Stripe, caught up with uh, our wonderful guest uh, just a little bit. and, and we Yeah, I was over-served. We, <laughs> That's right. You really, honestly, God, somebody needs to retrain that bartender. Somebody needs to wrap yeah, that clearly. guy in. But uh, no, I uh, listen. I'm so happy that we've got this thing rolling, and despite the continued technical difficulties, we are going to power through. Joel, let's get into the drinking. Yeah, well, and we, you missed you missed to say uh, that uh, first recording that we had to call short uh, will be available on bonus content. And it was, mm. it was still pretty fun. I, I knew well, I had really? a kindred spirit on the other line when that happened. Cause I'm like, Oh, I've been here so many fucking times. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And, and Joel, your face was so sad when we were like, we got to shut it down. It looked like you had like, you, you know, it, it looked like a kid looking at uh, his parents with great disappointment in his eyes. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm no, not mad. Fine. I'm disappointed. No, yeah, but I was like, no, 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 we're really not upset. We just, we're going to have to do this again. But yeah, um, I, I honestly, God, can't wait to listen to that recording. And I hope, uh, I hope we can't get it up for bonus content because I think you guys will enjoy it. It was, uh, it was in the most perfect sense of the word, an utter and complete train wreck. Um, oh, yeah. Let's, well, let's Most keep definitely. it moving uh, because I think we, you know, Fingers crossed, with some strokes of luck, this one will work out properly. Okay, let's get into our drinking. This is our service industry LinkedIn. So we want us to tell you three main things, Joel. First, what was your first ever job in the service business? Second, what are the different positions that you've held in the restaurant? Or yeah, and, and kind of where, where in the world have you worked as well? Yeah, and then where are you now? Okay, so let's start off with first, how did you get into the business? Okay, legally or not? Yes. 
Yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so, so my first off the books uh, job in the industry was my dad owned a diner here in St. Augustine. Oh, and okay. it was just weekend job when I wasn't playing any sort of sport or anything like that. I did bus tables, wash dishes, all that stuff. I was 11, maybe in that. I think 11's pushing it. I was probably like nine. Uh, and then, but my first on the books job was I was a dishwasher at a Mexican restaurant. Nice. And I, I mean, if those clothes were still around, they'd probably still smell like queso and, <laughs> and beans. Uh, <laughs> you, you just brought up something we have never talked about on the show. There is nothing like that restaurant job that you smell oh. like and those clothes smell like. Dude, you could wash them in like an industrial steam cleaning wash, special There's, washing machine a hundred times. They're still going to smell like that oh. that the fryer yeah. grease from that, that little oh. punk bar restaurant that you worked at. Yeah, man. Time. That's it's crazy. It's an entire move, let me tell you. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, I've pretty much held every position except for owner and GM. Rabbit chat them all off. Just listen. Yeah. Go for so, it. So uh, dishwasher, dish, server. dishwasher, busboy, server, barback, bartender, manager, assistant manager, uh, AGM. Uh, um, yeah, literally. Yeah. But I mean, I start. I started at the bottom and worked my way up and fluctuated from time to time. And yeah, now I'm. I'm here at uh, Boat Drinks Bar in St. Augustine, where we are a, we like to call ourselves a tropical lounge. We are not tiki because we don't want to mess with tiki enthusiasts. Um, we want to. Who are very, do... very. They're, they're, we're, Mike and I have learned from doing this show that the tiki enthusiasts, um, while they do kind of put out a very laid back vibe, at least they espouse themselves to be laid back. They are a little bit, they're a little bit snobby. Like they can be a little oh, bit. Whoa. Um, You're just calling people out, man. What, what's no, your deal? No, I'm not calling snobby. Snobby not the right word. Let me rephrase that. I think that they are a little bit like judgy. They have very, very high yep. standards. There's a line that they tiki. draw for what is and what isn't tiki. Yeah, yeah exactly. I understand that, uh, but, but like, so, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. You don't have to even. I don't even. Th I think everybody that may be listening that's in the industry uh, completely understands. Um, but we we do have tropical drinks. We're laid back. Probably the best pina colada I've ever had in my life. It's so good. We make it fresh every day. Like it is fire. We're not doing it to order. No fake ingredients. It's awesome. Uh, we are a rum bar. We have a hundred and eighty-one rums right now. And all the rums that we carry, no added sugar, no added coloring, all natural. Let's go. And it's really fun, man. They're unbelievable people that I work with. I would say we have probably the funnest and maybe best bar team I've ever worked with. Isn't that great when you find that, man? It's so, oh, it's, it's, it's special. special. It really is. I mean, even on our days off, I would say I see at least half the people I work with just on like a friendship level. I mean, two of the people uh, that are here, I've worked with for the last seven years between two different bars, and it it's unbelievable. I would I would say I'd I'd just take a take a bullet for a couple of them for sure. <laughs> if I got that phone call in the night, how about a double of rumple? Can... Would you take a double of rumple for a few? Of them? <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. 
<laughs> it's a great name. I mean, I love, I love, uh, I-, I love the name boat drink. So you guys close to the water? You like? Yeah, we're a block you? away from the intercoastal. Oh yeah. man, that's killer. It's great. And then, uh, so overseas, I'd, I'd lived in Australia for six years. So I bartended and managed bars throughout that time. Uh, that was really fun. Holy cow. I learned a lot. I met some interesting characters. Actually, a few of the stories are from that time over there. And, uh, and then I did, uh, I did Barcelona. I was over there. I was just went over to see a friend of mine and then reached out to, uh, Mo Aljeef from uh, Two Schmucks, and which they had a bunch of legal things go on and they're no longer open. But now he's in Miami and he'll be doing some pop-up stuff down there. And he was just like, yeah, man, you want to take the bar over for a night or two? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And he took me to the markets and I like all fresh vegetables, all fresh fruits and stuff like that, whipped up some concoctions and had a good old time. Nice. That's, That's awesome. Killer, man. <clears throat> Was there yeah, any uh, a little bit of a hired gun going uh, going continent to continent picking up bar gigs? That's yeah, yeah, a, a barcenary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Mike, did you just come up with that on your own? Yes, I did. Uh, was there any kind of uh, a language barrier when you were in Barcelona? Uh, so I know enough Spanish to get myself killed. So <laughs> it wasn't uh, it was it wasn't too bad. Like, I mean, I'm I wouldn't say I'm conversational, but I know enough to get by. I can understand the language a hell of a lot better than I can speak it, mm. which is, I mean, well, I don't know if that's good or bad because I know when you're talking shit about me, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to respond <laughs> you know how to, to it properly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it, it wasn't that bad. The majority of uh, people that I encountered in Barcelona uh, either spoke enough English for me to get around or they under or they understood enough English to get around with me, and I understood enough Spanish to get around with them. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too bad at all. Uh, country people in Australia were harder to understand than people in Barcelona. <laughs> uh, that's another, yeah, that's a whole other world. I've heard uh, <laughs> we, we we got a good buddy who obviously was I think our uh, seventh or eighth episode Val, who's from from Adelaide, Australia, just uh, west of Melbourne, and. You know, the thing that he he always reminds me of is that the two hardest people to understand on planet Earth is somebody who is very rural from Australia or somebody who's very rural from Scotland. Those two areas, it is it They're is like it's like country dialect mixed with a crazy accent, mixed with all kinds of like slang country that words that don't even really exist that are created out of like the strange phonetics that, that come out of their mouths and- most definitely and there's a, a lot of like really weird just yeah really weird sayings and stuff like um uh, if someone was just like fuming angry the amount of times uh, uh or like really fast is actually a better one someone says someone was really fast he's like oh quicker than a rat up a drain pipe and you're like <laughs> okay what <laughs> Or matter than a cut snake. Matter than a cut snake. And I'm sure it doesn't sound as clear as that, too. Because it's a little... No, 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 no. It's weird. Because if if I'm around Australian people, I gained this, like, weird twang. So it was like, I lived in Australia. I'm from Deland, Florida. Where if you don't know where that is, don't worry about it. And (laughs) my grandmother was from Paisley, Scotland. And I was with her the majority of weekends growing up. So I just had this mishmash fuckery of an accent 
You Bert. probably sounded like the chef from Sesame Street, just hoingy boingy boingy. Oh, <laughs> way worse. Like the <laughs> chef. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's been yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's been a good ride with where I've lived and the stuff that I've done. And I did a uh, I I went to whiskey camp called Camp Runamuck uh, a few years back, and I actually did a road trip around the country for about six months or so and just picked up guest ships all around the country and and that was a lot of fun i i did baltimore uh i did dc where'd you work here where'd you work here in baltimore uh brewer's art oh yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah man right right mount uh mount vernon yeah i used to go there a lot when we lived together yeah it was uh i was there with uh uh barry was the bartender that i met Mm -hmm. from baltimore that brought me in and let me do my thing there. Yeah, so I hit uh, bartending. How'd you, seven... how'd you hook that? How'd you hook all that up? Like as you're doing that road trip, how'd you? It, so you I have, was it just like reaching out to friends on social or just? Yeah, so I started. Uh, I planned the whole trip and ended up getting cut short. Unfortunately, uh, my dog needed surgery, so I had to rush back. Uh, but I ended up uh, reaching out through everybody through the Camp Runamuck system and just kind of. Hey, I'm going to be in this city at this time. Can I take over your bar for a night? And they were like, yeah, hundred percent. And I did it through uh, Campari USA. So I used all the Campari products. It was fun. Uh, That's killer, man. Yeah, it was great. Did and they, I slept, did I didn't pay for accommodation. Like... I didn't pay for accommodation the entire trip either. I just slept on couches or in my car. Nice. Wow. <clears throat> it was that, amazing. See, that's the kind of, that, that's the kind of spiritual adventure. Um, yeah. that you need to one day like write a book about because that's yeah, like, like the Jack bar- Kerouac shit. Yeah, yeah, the bartending yeah, it, tales. You know. Oh, oh god, we'll get into that. But <laughs> I think it's cool too because it, it highlights something that a lot of people don't think about when they think about the service industry or bartending is like you can you could literally travel the country if you have the right connections and just hop around from you city can, to city bartending at different places. You can travel the fucking you, world. Yeah, yeah, even if you don't like, have the connections, <laughs> it is the greatest tool, right? Yeah. I, you know, I've hired, I, I hired a lot of people this year. Obviously, we've talked in the last couple episodes that I just quit my job. But before I did, I was I was hiring a, a, a lot of people because the staff was at a skeleton crew when I took over. And a lot of these people was their first ever restaurant gig. So I was starting them from scratch, training them on basics, like points of service, how to make this, how to make that. It's frustrating, but you see a lot of inspiration. The fact that like, I'm going to teach them the right way. Right? Exactly. That's what I was about to say. It's just like, be like, okay, you don't have any fucking bad habits yet. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. And exactly. Like, that was the you're one You're a blank scale. And, but as I got to know a lot of these people, I started to realize, oh my God, a lot of them are, you know, a lot of them are young, 21, 22, 23. And they're in that point of their life where they're trying to find a career job. They don't know if they want to continue to live here, live somewhere else, pursue this, pursue that. They're they're kind of lost in that early part of becoming an adult. And it was a great moment for me to like remind all them, guys, now that you have all these tools, now that you can make all these drinks, you know how to serve a table, you know enough about food and interacting with a customer that you can hold a conversation, you'll never want for a job. 
You can stumble into any city in the world and there's going to be some restaurant that employ you might not make a lot of money, but you can survive using this. This is your this is your safety net in some ways. Yeah, especially if you're sleeping on a couch or in your car too. I mean, that's yeah, no doubt, it, it does take a certain kind of soul that uh, is willing to go on that kind resilient. of trip. But. We've talked about that. You got to you got to have a spine to work in this business. You got to be resilient, but that's the great thing about it. It attracts people that are tough, you know. Or no soul. Yeah, that, that, or, or no so <laughs> I'm really, either you're tough or you're come on. <laughs> yeah you just, just a blank stare all the time <laughs> you went a little Australian there so I heard blank stare I think I went Irish but uh, anyway hey man it's all good <laughs> well let's well let's get into the damn thing okay all right please go support Joel at Boat Drinks down in St. Augustine right off the intercoastal go see him and his crew you won't be able to watch the Super Bowl there, but I guarantee you're going to have some damn good conversation and a damn good pina colada. Yep, no and if you're if you're in St. Augustine, that's where all the bartenders are. So yeah, it's yeah. a good it's a good town. We, we're hoping that we can make it down there eventually. We, we we certainly will. All right, let's get right into it, Joel. Are you ready? Because now, the only way out, your only parachute, is through the gauntlet or like a that. shit ton of, or a shit ton of rumple mints. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, One there's of, always, there's always an out. <laughs> you might be the first person to escape the gauntlet twice. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> the question is who's pouring them over there. Um, are you ready, Joel? Yes, most definitely. Let's do it boys. All right, guys, here we go. It is the gauntlet. Okay, Joel, here is the gauntlet. Question number one, pet peeves and misconceptions. Now, these can be your pet peeves for your coworkers, customers, just general pet peeves, maybe about the kitchen or something, or they can be misconceptions that people have about the service business. 100%, man. Pet peeves, easy for me. And a lot of people are going to disagree with it, but when people say pre-batch, man, I will, mm-mm, don't, don't do it. it. You're already doing it before, you don't need to say pre. It's already there. <laughs> I see. Like, Joel, see now, Joel, anger. I have never heard this before in my entire life. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go pre-batch this content. No, you're not going to pre-batch it. You're going to batch it. That, that's it. You, if you're pre-batching it, you're making the spirit. Now, would it, be accurate, would it be accurate to say that you pre-batch certain parts of a cocktail that you then batch? For example, let's say there's a specialty syrup, right? Like a honey syrup. You could pre-batch the honey syrup that you're then going to use to batch 20 other cocktails. Well, right? see, even then you didn't say pre-batch. You just said batch because you're competent. Right, right, right. I'm saying the pre-batch <laughs> only applies with the syrup portion of it, right? Is that maybe, or is that also batching? I'm batching no, the syrup so to and me, batching that, the cocktail. To me, that's just making the syrup. Yeah. So there's no possible way to pre-batch anything. Is that what we've stumbled upon? I don't think so. And I, th- I mean, if I'm wrong... Feel free to hit me up on any social media, anybody. I don't care. No, I, I love this one. Cause fight to the death. This is such a, it's like, it's a semantics thing. But it, it, you, you've you heard it your entire life and you're just so over it now. <laughs> like whatever people yeah, use and it's just improper like, and grammar. it's stupid. Yeah. I know it's completely not logical. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm crazy. It's See, the same way. Like, if people leave a cap off of a pen, oh, don't you do that. That pen is, is that no longer. One? Oh, the. That pen no longer works anymore. <laughs> so, Even if it's only been like ten seconds, you just chuck it in the trash. If you just if you just put a pen back with no cap on it, that oh, pen doesn't I, work anymore. To oh, me. Joel, I, I'm sorry. I hate, 
I hate caps on my pens. I love I love a, a, a pen with we would no never cap. Be able to I, can work together. It, I can stick it right in my I can stick it right in my hat and carry it around. And I got my oh. little bick that I just pull out and start writing with. It's Steve, great. you're gonna be excited. There's this they have this crazy new invention where it's a pen with like a push on the back <laughs> where you can push what? it in and out. And you, you, you here's the crazy part. Listen, you don't have to have a cap on it ever. Get out of here. Does it have yep. like a like a fidget esque clickable? Yes, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Satisfying. It's crazy. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, I know. Really I'll, I'll, s- I'll send you some. I'll send It'll you change some. the world for you. Uh, <laughs> and then misconceptions, uh, man, that we that all bartenders like to party all the time is one for sure. Uh, a I lot mean, in people, this case, it sounds like it's pretty true, but oh no, for me, it's hundred percent true. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny that at all. But also, like, I mean, a lot of people that work in this industry are introverts, and people just have to understand mm. that. Yeah, we don't want to go out with you all the time. I don't want to go out. Super disciplined. Super. Yeah. I've, I've met a lot of people in the bar business that they are regimented like some type of, uh, uh, you know, military vet. I'm serious. Like yeah. they, oh, they I mean, I have, their, I have a very strict regimen. Yeah. They get to the oh, bar. I don't do that. They come home. They deposit their tips the same way. They eat the same meals yeah. like every, every yeah. day, every week. I mean, my, I am, I'm very regimented where mine is. i wake up between 7 30 and 9 a.m i walk my dog or let him out in the yard i take a two-hour nap after that i get up i start my day however i'm going to do it i go to work i get home or i leave work i go to the bar for hour and a half two hours have three four drinks i go home i eat i go to sleep and do it all over again and it's like it's very strict and then there's certain months where i just put down the bottle and just go, nope, not doing this this month. And I'll still go out with friends. I'll drink a non-alcoholic beer. Or mm-hmm. I'll, and when they do a shot, I'll do a shot of Sprite. And it's like, so I keep the same, <laughs> I keep the same routine regardless, but I'm just doing it in a different you manner. edit it at times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then and another you think, one. You think it's common though, that people just see their bartender and they just convinced, oh, you're, you're out till three in the morning getting fucked up every night. Yeah. That kind of thing. For sure, for sure. And then another one that's not, it's not crazy, um, is that now within the hospitality industry, the customer's not always right. I'm sorry, it's, you're, they're not. Like, well, I, I feel mean, I feel like you work at a bar too, where your management supports that. To where yeah, you know, yeah, some no, corporate, a corporate place is going to make the bartender or server acquiesce a little bit more. Whereas where no, you're working, definitely. I'm sure you could, I'm sure you could tell a guest to fuck off and still be back into work the next day. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's a manner about uh, to go about doing it, but it's just like, so we we don't have a kids menu and we don't have French fries. Oh, I'd hope not. You have 180 fucking rums on the wall. There shouldn't be a kids menu there. <laughs> the, the amount of times that people walk in with their family, go, what do you crayons? mean? What, what do you mean you don't have a kids menu? Well, I don't know how else to say it. We don't have a fucking kids menu. <laughs> like, yeah, order, are there things that the kids the can eat? Yeah, no, get I mean, them a burger. I mean, yeah. every, every menu item is, is a kids item if they eat it, right? Yeah, exactly. Every that's a, that's a rip. That's a rip off of Mitch Hedberg, by the way. I'm not. I'm well, not claiming always, that. You know, like, <laughs> but still, I mean, it's it's right. You could offer like, a baby bird it for him. You know, hey, I'll chew up anything on the menu, and I'll your kid can eat it out of my mouth for all I care. Right? Yeah. You don't have a Jesus kid, Christ, man. Steve. You're going to jail. 
Um, yeah, no, so... Listen, I, I think that there is a, another shift happening in the restaurant business. We obviously talked about management maybe being more conscious of mental health. I think something... I've kind of theorized this with some other bartenders. I think something has occurred in the last 15 years as we've moved out of the... Um, the dawn of the franchise um, branded restaurant, right? The Applebee's, you know, TGI Fridays, Olive Garden, places like that that dominated the restaurant landscape in most communities in like the 90s and maybe even early 2000s. Now, you look at all those restaurants. They're pivoting to to to-go food. They're dropping their prices because they're losing business. Most people today want to eat local. They want to eat at a place that's unique, that, that is a place that is their local watering hole that doesn't have, you know, a hundred brands around the country. And part of that shift has also created this thing where if you work in one of those establishments, you don't have to be, you don't have to worry about keeping the customer, you know, a, a customer behaving badly. You don't have to worry about keeping that um, uh, person with poor behavior happy so that they go to their, your location in Milwaukee, right? You know, um, and, and I think that that's done something really good because now you can build a bar and restaurant community for the customers that appreciate the place. And you can set an atmosphere that doesn't have bad behavior. You know? So I think it's a positive trend. I, I, I think you need to listen to your customers, but you're right. They're not always right, for sure. For sure. That, those and I are think it even goes down ones. to like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm a unique fucking guy. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah man those are mine for sure so yeah, annoying solid. we haven't had those on the show I, yet, I, so. love, I love that your first one that comes to mind is pre-badging it's not pre-badging you're just it. badging motherfucker shut the fuck up you can see it in his <laughs> eyes <laughs> oh, man. see now so. let me guess do some of the people you work with intentionally say pre-badging just to fuck with you to be honest, I don't think I've ever told them any of that. Oh, none of them the, the cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, actually, I know for a fact one of the guys I work with knows, who actually helped me with my audio last time, Gavin. Yeah, what was his name? Because we want to have him on. Oh, Gavin. Yeah, for sure. Gavin, yeah. Yeah, he's a – I mean, that's my guy right there, man. Like, literally every night after work, it's him and I. We go straight to a bar around the corner. We get our rumpies and our whatever shit beer they got, whether it's High Life or – course banquet or pbr we don't care like that's my dude we go through all of it together yeah but like, does, does he does he pre-batch stuff for you then oh he can pre-batch these hands uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right let's let's keep it moving number two best and worst tips now these don't necessarily need to be monetary mike explain how this category is a little bit bigger than just cash money mike yeah tip doesn't necessarily just have to be yeah. What? I think were you making a way. joke? No, no, no. I thought you were not going to say anything, so I was coaxing you to tell him why this is more than just money. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be just a cash tip. I mean, those are fun, too. It's nice to hear the really good tip stories, but this could also be, <clears throat> you know, uh, something that a guest brought in or left with you that means re- you know a lot to you, or even like a piece of advice or something that they left with you that you never forgot. Yeah, so I, uh, I've had some pretty fun ones, actually. I was at a place uh, called an RSL in Australia, which is Return Servicemen's League, which is similar to like VFW, American Legion, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I was there for a long time, and the, one of my customers knew that I was like big into wine. And so when, 
on my last day, he got me a custom engraved wine key. See, that's beautiful. I love with, that. Wow. With my name on it. And attached to it was a, because um, my last day was like three days before my birthday. So he also gave me front row tickets to uh, Australia playing Samoa in World Cup qualifying for rugby. Wow, that's wow, incredible. Dude. Yeah. So there's wow. that one. That, that one, I mean, that one was just personal. That one, like, yeah, I, of course. I, I cried. I was just like, man, Fucking this is pussy. Jesus. Oh, yeah, 100%. Man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, oh, I'm a, I'm a little softy from time to time, man. And uh, the other one was actually, I was working at um, this lovely place called Charles Entertainment Cheese. Um, don't know if you know <laughs> yes. those metal fucking vagabonds. Yes. Um, so I don't know if you know how their system works. It's like minimum 10 kids per party. Ten dollars a head for oh, kids. Oh, Chuck E. Cheese! Fuck you, asshole! Yeah, you didn't get that? Are you serious? I just got it now. Yeah. What a, oh, thought it was man. like a Baltimore thing or something. No. Okay, <laughs> go on, go on. Um, you know, it's and, funny because there are two restaurants, corporate ones, that keep coming up on the show. It's Buffalo Wild Wings and it's Charles E. Cheese. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. So, yeah. is this is this one of the spots you got from your Camp Runamuck connections? No, 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 no. This was I was I was eighteen. I was 18, and this was right when Chuck E. Cheese started selling beer. Oh. So this was 2001, 2002. And so this had this party has... Um, has <laughs> what was that? <laughs> 27, um, 27 kids, 10 adults. So this is a big fucking party. Their bill's like three four grand at the end of it oh my god how do you spend that much money at fucking chuck e cheese where they put the tokens on the bill oh yeah okay cool these parents <laughs> did not give two fucks they went anything the kids want we don't care <laughs> and i'm just like all right here we go i get the bill and they were it was an amazing party they were all the kids were super respectful nice the parents were rad uh all the parents had like two beers each and the beers were like ten dollars at the time Nice. Like, because they're like, yeah, if you're gonna drink here, then you're gonna fucking pay for you're it. You're gonna pay for it, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I get the bill, and I use that double rumples, twenty-seven <laughs> double rumples. Exactly, time. exactly. Running around in the ball pit, <laughs> fucking, fucking up the animatronics. Yeah, exactly. So we're, and since they were so rad, we're meant to autograph. This was my fault, a hundred percent. And I gave gave the man the bill and said, "Sir, just to give you a heads up, I didn't autograph you guys because you guys were amazing." And normally that is all that it always worked out for me. I fucked mm. up. I know I did. What happened? Z zero tip. No. No, no, no. It turns around. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I, I look at my boss and go, I'm going to have a fucking cigarette. And he goes, you did an autograph and they fucking stiffed you, didn't they? And I went, yep. He goes, all right, go outside. You're good, man. Wife is walking to the car with her kid and she sees me and I'm just puffing away cigarette. Yeah. Oh, man. You got like you're three eating, in your mouth yeah. You're yeah. yeah you're she, yes. she walks up to me and she goes you told my husband you did not put a grad on and he fucking stiffed you didn't uh -oh. I said, there's, yes, some, there's some marital problems here too I said I said yes yes <laughs> ma'am don't worry about it you guys were great I'm here on a double it'll be fine I'm trying to play it off I'm fuming though whatever she goes, don't worry, I'll be right back. She goes, she comes back like five, ten minutes later, hands me a thousand dollars cash. Oh Jesus. my god. Jesus and she Christ. goes she goes, Fuck him. You deserved it. Oh my god. And I was just like, it I started so out as like 
<laughs> it started out as like the worst. And then she just handed me a thousand dollars. I was on a double. I had already made like fourteen hundred bucks by this point, and this is four o'clock in the afternoon. What the Am fuck? I, I so need to go questions. work at Chuck E. Cheese. What is going on here? I have so many questions. <laughs> Question number one: Mike already knows where I'm going with this. I did you not sleep. Making money them. like that at the Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers taking home, taking home a bag from the Chuck E. Cheese. Bro, I I made more money in hospitality working there than I had anywhere else in my life. Get the fuck Dude, out of here! What the fuck? What are you I talking swear about? to God. This what is insane. I would I would work Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'd walk with almost two grand every weekend. What the? Why did you ever leave? Well, because I was living in North Georgia and I moved back to Florida, well, and it was Chuck E. Cheese. They don't have Chuck E. Cheese in fucking North Florida. Come on, Michael, uh, I wasn't Michael, going back to Chuck E. Cheese. It fucking sucked. Other than that, Mike, at some point the money's right, no, not I've, good I've enough a, to I have put a question. up with screaming little cunts every day. For yeah, fucking exactly. for two grand or whatever, four grand. I'll, well, no. I would do that. Well, you say screaming guns, but then there's also the kids that you got to deal with. <laughs> I think that's what he meant. <laughs> I, I, do have, I have some additional follow-ups. So, do we think she went to an ATM and then? Yeah, there, there was. Yeah, there was a bank in the complex that it was in. So I'm guessing she just went straight to like the. A Chuck e. This is not like a scenic, remote Chuck E. Cheese out no. in the middle of the wilderness, right? It's, Hell it's no. near civilization. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, another question for you. Okay, how is it possible that just because you were devouring cigarettes that she saw you and immediately discerned that he's been stiffed? Is this because she knows her husband's an asshole? I think that's it. I think that's oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm okay. pretty sure they were probably in the middle of a divorce. Awesome. <laughs> and, of course, the way that you get through your marital problems is to take 27 children to Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, yeah, 100%. No. Oh, one, no. one last one last hurrah for their kid before no more yeah. Santa. <laughs> no, two Santas. <laughs> yeah, two Santas now, yeah. Got that all wrong, baby. Yeah. I hope you liked your pizza because mommy and daddy don't love each other anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's your and it's your fault. <laughs> it's your fucking fault. Here, kid, here's some. I looked fake so money. good before Go the play baby. Games while mommy and daddy stare oh, holes man. through each other's head. Yeah, well, maybe she didn't was, get called like subpoenaed to the uh, divorce hearing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah she robbed a thousand dollars from me and gave it to some <laughs> strapping young. She buck. didn't rob but, it. It was a joint <laughs> bank account. That guy's yeah. an asshole. Fuck. I him. can see. Yeah, I can exactly. see the court case now. The husband screaming, "You're a whore, Helen! You gave a thousand dollars to the goddamn eighteen-year-old giant smoking cigarettes at the Chuck E. Cheese. That was oh, it. Oh, for that sure. made the bank account bounce. Well, I, I, I think the, the way that she knew is like randomly my car was like within like two cars of where she was. So she just read it all mm. over my face. Mm. Like it was full oh, wolf. Can you describe like, to me, can you describe to me what this woman looks like? Oh, she could have gotten it for sure. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, I did not yeah. That's that. the best description. Little mother Yeah, she was a. No, she was a smoke show. She was young, too. Like really? She probably would have been. I, I was 18. I would have said she was maybe 33. Oh, okay. Like, but so just, this, like, it makes sense. She, yeah. But this, just this guy... <laughs> fit as a fiddle. And, like, and even, like, they were super nice the entire time they were there. So, like, that's why I wasn't even expecting him to just be like, nope. Well, and no, it also could have been an accident. It also could have been an accident. Yeah, he wasn't that's not an accident. No, not that's not an accident. How, how many beers did how many beers did he have? Okay, that's not well, a fucking accident. You were only allowed three when they first started doing beer. You can you can only spend thirty dollars at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was probably just mad that the 
bill was all on him and they didn't split it. <laughs> well, yeah. that's his fucking fault. That's was hilarious. It kids, kids have... birth, was it his kid's birthday? Yeah, don't have fucking. What a cheap bastard! <laughs> don't it's have your kids. Fucking I, kid's birthday. And I think I think the moral of the story here is that it's important for bartenders and servers to smoke cigarettes. I think that's really <laughs> the, the the moral of the story important. that we're getting yes. to here. Yes, listen, I, chance I, cancer for the. Could you imagine if you weren't if you weren't smoking that cigarette outside? This this would have just been yeah, a exactly just, bad tip story. Well, it would have been a shit tip story, but yeah, instead exactly. it turns out to be an awesome tip story. Yeah. I love so that. I, yeah, I got I got cut, and I went to the liquor store where a buddy of mine's older brother worked, and I got two kegs, and we went out into the field and had a fucking field party. See, look, this guy the shares <laughs> the he shares the yeah. wealth. That's yeah, that's man. a good thing. I love it. That. Was great. I loved every second of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's one of All my right, favorites Mike. for question number two. I love that. No doubt, yeah. man. That takes the cake right now. But Mike, team up for number three. All right, so number three, worst drink orders. And I'm curious, too, because you've been around to several different places. Yeah. But these are, yeah. you know, drinks whenever a customer orders them, you're silently judging them. Or it could be drinks that you just hate to make. Additionally, this could also just be the worst drink that another bartender has ever made for you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I will preface I know you guys have the mojito effect on here and mm -hmm. this and that. I'll make you a mojito all day long. I don't give a shit. Yeah, they're delicious. Wait, they're easy. They're easy to make. It's not a difficult drink to make. Mojitos. I think. I think what it is, especially because like being in a tropical bar, I get them one every five drinks. It's so expected. It's a, it's a piece of piss. Like I'll fucking, I'll make ten at a time. I don't care. Like that's mm -hmm. easy. So none. Of, no drink is really bad to make. I don't mind making any drink. Um, the one that I judge people for the fucking hardest is a blood and sand. What's a blood and sand? It is ass on ass on ass with some <laughs> scotch in it. It is orange juice, sweet vermouth, cherry hearing, and scotch equal fucking parts. No. Why would you do that to scotch? No, no. You could, you order that, you could eat my entire ass. You are a terrible <laughs> human being and you just, I will, I will. I don't judge Long Island drinkers more than I judge people that drink that drink. Really? And oh, give, me, give me the brand. Give me the vibe of the person who drinks one of those. Give me, like, somebody walks in, oh. describe the person who drinks a blood and sand go-to drink. Nobody that orders it knows what the fuck it is. They read it in a cocktail book one time and went, ooh, this mm. sounds fun. They're idiots. It's it's literally, <laughs> oh, it's literally sweet, unsweet, unsweet with scotch. And it's like, and it's usually just your well scotch. So it's your best case scenario is it's going to be monkey shoulder, which is not a bad product. I'm not dogging on monkey shoulder by any stretch. And your worst case scenario is whatever's under doers. Right. Which is like, <laughs> not a finely crafted spirit for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so it's, and see, it, when you mentioned the drink, I, I, I had this mindset that it's like, it's some dude in his late 50s. He's on his second divorce. He looks a little sweaty, hair slicked back. He lost a lot of money betting on the ponies at the yeah, track he, that day. He sits at the same oh, corner bar stool. Yeah. His name's like well, Terry. You know what I mean? And, he, well, the best part is, the is those people. He's button-up shirt with sweat stains on it for a week, and this is his go-to drink. And, uh, well, those you know, people that don't order love him. Well, and also, it's like, when they order it, you go, have you had this before? And they go, yeah, it's my favorite. And you go, okay, motherfucker. No. <laughs> Who, so, when did your dad leave for cigarettes and milk? 
Like, how long ago was that? Because you've been severely hurt by somebody. Like, oh, dude, just. So you really think it's uh, there is some like uh, uh, novelty in it, right? Like people are like, "Ooh, let's try this." That's where the 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 real sentiment. Oh, for for sure, and I'm sure they don't get it. I had a guy, I had a guy order one at um, the ice plant in St. Augustine, which is where John Mateer worked yeah. and um, Brandon worked. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, I just stroked out on his name. The, the other, other bartender, bar- Scott. Yeah, Scott, Jesus, sorry, Scott. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they all they all worked there it. together, and like I. This guy comes up, he's like, yeah, it's my favorite drink. I was like, all right, man. So I made him one. He downs it like it's a shot. Which, you know what? More power to you, brother. Probably because you don't want to taste all that bullshit. (laughs) Gets another one, does the same thing. Gets a third one, goes to his table because his family is there. So, like, this guy's already got shit going on, clearly. I go to the bathroom like 20 minutes later. He's puking in the urinal. (laughs) In the urinal. He missed a very important detail there. He, his family was at the table, but he's ordering drinks at the bar. Yeah, he was necking them at the bar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Never yeah like you time. said, he's got some other never shit going on. Time. Yeah, that's for a, sure. That's another particular brand. The person that removes themselves from their party to drink at the bar because they don't want to pound cocktails in front of their family. That is. Uh, that's that's <laughs> one that you always yeah. you're like, I'm gonna pour this for you. But at some point, I'm gonna have to cut you off because I'm I'm worried about you. Okay. <laughs> I'm worried about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it, yeah, and that, I mean, that was not the only situation that, that that I've made that drink for people. It was just, man, that's a that's just a vibe. And it's just a trash I, cocktail. It tastes like shit. If you ever I get a chance, you should try one. I was just going to yeah. say, I know what Mike and I are drinking for episode 50. <laughs> All episode long, baby. First one to puke in yeah. the urinal wins. Oh, and, God, uh, puking in the urinal, man. That's another level. And the one, uh, there was one cocktail that I had. And so whenever I go into a, a cocktail bar, even if it's just a, a normal bar and they have a couple cocktails on and I'm in the mood for a shot and I don't want like a physical shot, I'll order a daiquiri. Because yeah. it's in a coupe glass. Anything in a coupe glass to me goes down like a shot. If it hits my lips more than twice, I'm sick. I don't need to be there. <laughs> and I order this. This is a bar in D.C. actually. Uh, I go in. I order a daiquiri. She hands it to me. I'm like, oh, man, this looks a little low in the glass. And I didn't even think that, like, she shorted me or anything like that. I take a sip of it. It is just lime juice and rum. Ooh. She does not add sugar to it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, excuse me. I'm really sorry. Is there any chance that I could get some sugar in this? Like, And she goes, we don't have sugar. <laughs> and I was what like, bar is this? heard that. Uh, I love the bar, so I don't want to talk trash on it. Because uh, I bet, I bet I also like. I was literally just in DC palling around last night. I'm wondering if I know this place. No, I don't. Okay, we can always shake it out. I, I it sounds yeah. like the kind of place I would like. If she's it, like, fuck, it, it, it's great. Like, like, the, the bartender's like, oh yeah, that other ingredient we need for the drink. We don't have that. It's still on the menu. Yeah, but fuck yeah, off. It, it was on the specials board. <laughs> so, I was, and there were like cocktails on their menu. Like they have a Manhattan. They had a. Uh, they had a bee's knees. Like, they had, like, some dope cocktails. Oh, really? I saw a daiquiri up there. I was like, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I'm fucking. And then I told my sister about it, who was living in D.C. at the time. And she was like, oh, yeah, no one gets a fucking cocktail there, you idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, you should have fucking told me that before. 
Yes. Before we move on to the next uh, category here, you have kind of inspired me with that particular story. I had a very interesting dining and uh, drink experience yesterday. All right. I went to this amazing restaurant in D.C. called Kitchen Cray. And it's a, I would say kind of like Cree, I'm going to say Creole, that's probably not the exact representation of their food, but the food was outstanding. I can't say that enough. Service was great. Our server was awesome. The one issue was the drink service. I got my entree before I got a beer, okay? Mm. Now, I got, I got frustrated because I ordered a draft beer, Kona Big Wave. It was listed right on the draft list. You know, pretty simple, right? Now, I find out later that they're out of mixed gas, so they physically can't push any of the drafts through the lines. But our server does not understand that, and nobody else working there educates her on that. So she doesn't know what to say. She just thinks the beer is taking a long time. So she says nothing to me, nothing to the bartender, and she's... So finally, like, I get my entree, and I ask him, like, hey, when... I was like, is my beer coming? I'm kind of thirsty. Like, everybody else at the table has drinks. I was like, "I'd, I'd love to get this beer. And... She's like, I'll double check. And this just goes on and on and on and on. I actually finished my entree completely. I don't. I still don't have a, my draft beer yet. She finally comes back. She's like, oh, yeah, um, we're out of that one. Again, not communicated with her that they don't have mixed gas, right? They tell her, oh, we're out. Like, what they meant was we can't do any draft beers. But what she hears mm-hmm. is we're out of kind of big way. So I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's this awesome other jailbreak. Juicy IPA on. I was like, dude, I'll do one of those. No problem. She's like, no, yeah, no big deal. Runs back over to the bar, comes back. She goes, we're out of red wine, so I can't serve that one. And I was like, what? What? And I said, red wine? I said, there, I said there's no red wine in any of these. I, I, and this is when I start to realize, oh, she's a great server, but she knows nothing about alcohol. Like nothing, right? And I don't want to be the guy that like knows what I'm talking about. And I, so... I was like, hey, do you want yes, to just do. come to the bar with you and talk to them? And she's like, yeah. No <laughs> yeah, problem. exactly. So I, I don't want to be that guy, but can I come to no, the no, bar no, and discuss this? this? <laughs> I wasn't going to be like, I wasn't going to like do, a, hey, here is what an IPA is. Here's what red wine is, blah, blah, blah. I just want, Steve's pulling I, his I, I magnifying glass too. out of his back pocket. No, I just wanted to figure <laughs> out the root of the problem because now I ordered two drafts. There's a mystery afoot. <laughs> yeah, so I go up to the bar and I'm like, hey, do you guys have any draft beers? And they're like, no, we're out of mixed gas. And I was like, oh, okay, I got you. No problem. I was like, I'll have a can. I end up getting the drink. Um, and and the and the the girl, I listened to her, then questioned the bartender. She's like, I thought you said that we were out of red wine, and that's why I couldn't serve that drink. And, she, and they go, no, I said it wouldn't push through the line because there was no mixed gas. They couldn't push the beer <laughs> oh my through the God, line. This is and she just heard silly. we were out of red wine. This is just so, silly. Yes, it, when I when this was a little bit different one, it had nothing to do with the actual drink, but it was worse drink orders because of bad communication and somebody not teaching that person about like how mixed well, gas. Well, and also, and also, just a complete lack of common sense. You know, well, clearly, she should have been like, clearly, "Wait, the, you're out of red wine. Why does that affect my draft beer well, order?" In in her defense, in her defense, and I actually had a really nice conversation with her after that. She does not drink beer at all, so like foreign to the concept of like a draft beer, like how mechanically the process works. And then number two... Oh my God, Joel, you're such like an you asshole. you familiar with Kitchen Cray, right? Kitchen Cray is all about their craft cocktails. I haven't they been, have but a- I hear it's amazing. It's great, it's great. And and the thing to get there is the cocktails. So I don't think they, they sell a lot of beer. Like total selection, draft in cans, they have maybe 10 beers, right? They have 40 different cocktails, right? So 
I also think it's not the type of, of scene where she's getting a lot of beer orders either. So, and it's a weird day. Mixed gas is out, whatever. So, um, regardless, I love that answer. I kind of want to blood in the sand right now. I kind of want to just see what, what this, this shit is all about. But I'm not going to do that. Not at least on the episode. I'll save that for later, okay? He's taking his hat off. Come back. Come back, Joel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those were not fighting words. I apologize. Um, all right. Question no, no, no. I was taking four. the hat off for yeah. some different reasons. Just to air it out. <laughs> question number four. Mistakes and fuck-ups. Now, these can be yours or your coworkers. Okay. Okay. I'm one... sorry, Steve. Is your your internet and everything is so fucked right now, dude? Now my mom's calling. Actually. Anyway, go on. Question, question uh, number four: mistakes and fuck ups. So uh, this was actually great. This was my bar back at the ice plant. It was his first week. Bless this son of a bitch, man. He <laughs> Friday night service. I'm getting my absolute dick kicked in on service. I'm getting murdered. Server nightmare kind of stuff. Oh, yes. I'm ruined. I'm getting ruined. I've got (laughs) probably 15 tickets up, and I have to take care of the first four seats at the bar. I'm getting pumped. I don't – I'm mad. I don't want to look at anybody. Don't fucking talk to me right now. Like, that kind of murder. And this son of a bitch breaks a glass in the ice well. Wait, who is this? Is this the bar back? My bar back. Yeah. Breaks a glass in the ice well. So we have to burn the ice well. So I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. So I move over to the other well, start making the drinks over there. My other bartender, so there's two of us working out of one well. Barback breaks another glass in the other ice well. No. Less than five minutes later. No, 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 no. It was – first off, he never should have been put in that position. It was his second or third day barbacking, and he's on a Friday night. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And – but – the other kid that was meant to be there called in sick or there was family something. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, you got to do but, what you got to do. Yeah. And, and he was like, yeah, man, I'll do it for sure. Good on you for putting in the effort, man. Love you for it. And then you break <laughs> glasses in both ice wells in the span of less than 10 minutes. So I have <laughs> no ice up front. None. I can do old fashions with my big rocks in the back or you can get a beer and a shot. That's fucking <laughs> it. And like, that's that's when so, you, that's when you just quit. You just got to go quit and work I, at Chuck E. Cheese. I, I mean, it's, I, I, I got to Chuck E. Cheese. I was I was the assistant bar manager. I could. <laughs> so I I literally just go. I just hand the bar back all my service tickets and go take it to back bar. Tell them what happened and that they have to make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell them what happened. Tell them you broke two glasses in two different so ice walls, motherfucker. So me and the other bartender. You tell them what you out. did. You tell them what you did. Oh, 100%. And we we had had cold draft and we had pebble ice in each well. So it was Uh, a fucking nightmare. uh, But, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, (laughs) And another – yeah, I think yeah, that's probably the biggest one that I've ever had to deal with. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, because, I mean, breaking the glass in the ice well always sucks, but for – for two of them in two different ice wells and while you're slammed like that. Now that kid's a beast of a bartender. He turned out to be an amazing bar back. And now nice. I was going to say, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. yeah. So he, he yeah. that was, I'll that was you, a, he, he never, was forged. He was forged in the fire there. That was I mean, a galvanizing experience for him. It had to be right. Mm-hmm. It made him a little, oh, yeah. you know, it made him a little tougher. And, oh. um, I and I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying show. to not give him an earful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm trying you to not give him an earful mid-service. I was just like, we're going to talk about this later. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, I, yeah. And I was like, hey, if you ever do that again, I swear to everything that is holy or the devil, I don't care. You are going to have big problems with me. <laughs> yeah. In the just, words of just, D. Reynolds, I'll, I'll stab you in the face with a knife. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just yeah. G- gently like, threatening your bar back. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and man, you'll eat every oh. last piece of ice out of the goddamn bin, and that's how we're gonna clear. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Did you there, did you ever yeah. do anything after this shift to kind of fuck with him? Uh, we'll get to that. All right, very good. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. All right, well then, this then, guy's, then good. Let's, this guy's let's, better than us at the teases here. Mike. I love it. Well, Let's keep the trade moving then. Let's move on to question number five, health code violations. So this is the stuff that we, uh, you know, the customer typically doesn't see, but the things that you try and keep, you know, the customer, the guest from seeing. And Steve, uh, what's important about this category? We always like to say, protect the innocent and the guilty. That's right. Man, I've been really lucky. I haven't had a ton of places where I've experienced health code violations. Uh, I have definitely been in bars as a patron and seen some where I'm like, the fuck yeah. is happening here? Yeah, share, share those with us too. Yeah. Like, man, I walked into a place and they opened their cooler where the beer was and there was probably three inches of just green water. Ooh. Like and it, that, it wasn't St. Patrick's Day? No. Okay, that's a problem. I was just like, um, it wasn't St. Patrick's Day. Well, because I'm, well, I'm sitting Steve's here going, on a delay, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I, I'm just sitting here going, well, shit, if I can't have fucking bottled beer, what do I get? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> At that point, do you trust the lines? Or, this, well, yeah, is, this, exactly. is my, this is my safe haven. Like, <laughs> yeah. But they, they, they had beers on shelves, so I ended up grabbing a beer from one of the top shelves. No, you didn't. Gross. Look, I had no choice. I wasn't going to get a draft. So you just drink sure. like a you just drink like a, a a tepid room temperature. No, no, beer. no, no. The it was still cold. The beer was cold, but there was just a layer of water in the bottom of the cooler. Oh, okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. And I was like, because I I prefer I prefer cans, honestly. And the tall boys cans don't fit on any other shelf except for the bottom. I was like, oh, that's sitting in like whatever that water yeah, is. Yeah, there's nuclear sludge on the bottom of this can. Yeah, like, and it's I like... Wanna, <laughs> I don't want to like sprout another dick out of my armpit or something while I'm sitting here trying to just... I mean... <laughs> do you not want to? Uh, but yeah, that was just like... That was one I was just like, oh no, no. And then I've had a rat crawl over my foot in a oh. bar... Is this in Florida? Uh, no, this was actually in like North Georgia, South Carolina area. And I mean, we knew what we were getting into when we walked mm-hmm. in. We were also 17 with fake IDs. We didn't get one. Ugh. There you go. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> people, it's like, it's all right. It's all right. You know, the rats aren't supposed to be here. Neither are we. You know, just get us. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Mike, <laughs> Whatever. Mike, it's. Mike, it's Chuck E. Cheese. It's his. Bar, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he can do whatever the fuck. Oh, wow, these animatronics are so lifelike. This is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. When's he gonna play the to, banjo? Yeah. I do have to ask you while we're on this subject of health code violations. So I had a friend in high school who also worked at the Charles E. Cheese Corporation, and uh, he told me a story that every night 
when they would close and they would have to clean the salad bar that they used a very specific tool to do so. Are you familiar with what I'm about to, to show? Oh, no, I'm not because I never cleaned that motherfucker. We okay. would like paper, right. rock, scissors, and I never had to do it in a year and a half. Gotcha, gotcha. Did you just say paper, rock, scissors instead of rock, paper, scissors? Yeah, man, I'm kind getting crazy twisted, out here. What kind of twisted St. <laughs> uh, Augustine shit is this? Nobody, it's always rock first. Come on. Um, no, I, uh, my buddy told me that when they would clean out the salad bar at the end of every night, that they would remove the, like, you know, the bins and, and the different things that are it, sitting in the pebble ice. But then there would inevitably, because they're just patrons scooping out of there, there'd be debris, right? Petals of lettuce and, and tomatoes and onions, all kinds of sauce on the ice. So what they would do is they would just take a shop vac, a wet vac, and they would vacuum nice. out the entire, like, the entire salad bar bin. And then they would just empty the vacuum, the, like, nasty ice and dust and <laughs> everything else that was in there, tomatoes and shit, into the dumpster. And that's how they did it every single night. And that's not too bad. That this was no, taught I, to them in their no. Chuck E. Cheese training. It's almost like it was corporate <laughs> protocol to do it this way. No, they definitely never did that. I would remember a shop vac in the salad bowl. Like, yeah. I, mean, I was, I was very curious. I mean, no, this, this isn't waiting. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, before and I know we're coming uh, close to halftime. I did have another question since we're talking about Chuck E. Cheese. Right? Are the rumors true that Chuck E. Cheese reuses different slices of pizza to create a single pie? You know I what I'm talking about? Confirm nor deny. No, 100. Okay. They did. Yeah. Are, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah this is, sure. it's like an internet meme thing where they show uh, Chuck E. Cheese pizzas and they're cut like you know it's sliced like a pizza, but all the slices are different sizes, and it doesn't look like it's the same pizza. It looks like there are a bunch of different yeah. pieces all conglomerated together to make one pie. This was also, I mean, when I was there was 20, 21 years ago. This is like 2002 that I worked there. Yeah, you there. could get away with shit like that. You know? Yeah, but but also the majority of the time, if there was like, they wouldn't even do it like on a regular basis. It was like they'd cut it and a piece would fall out. They'd just be like, oh, we have this extra slice, so we'll just do mm-hmm. this to fill it. But the majority of the time, it was still a whole pizza that they would The make. majority of the time. Yeah. Sorry, when Mike, when Mike <laughs> first asked the question, I thought that basically he was saying, hey, after that, party of 27 kids and 10 yes. adults leaves and there's three slices oh of that's exactly that's left. exactly no. what i was saying yes no 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 i i never saw that no <laughs> that we no, pull no, no, no. from leftover pizza that people didn't yes. consume and we created no, like a i never saw that bad in the back. yes that's exactly what i was talking about it's no oh man pizza i'm not gonna lie that is a world that i don't want to live in i never saw that, that happen if that's, it did, that's worse than a shop back in the salad bar yeah i assumed i assumed that the um leftover slices of pizza from people's tables were fed to the uh rat overlords to keep yeah to keep keep the, them uh, happy you know the gods happy you know suppress well, yeah, the they, uprising yeah yeah i mean it was yeah you have to give a slice from every pizza to the rat king everybody knows <laughs> yeah, that kind of like java hut feeds the you know java the hut feeds exactly that, like worm that's in the desert you know what i mean he just like throws han the solos in there you know what i'm saying just to keep it appeased <laughs> yeah but, uh, keep, keep daddy happy yes, exactly <laughs> Well, that is unbelievable. Uh, I don't. I hope. I pray to God that I never have a rat crawl across my foot. It's. 
I have a I have a vicious vicious fear of rats. I, I really really don't like them. They skeeve me out. So that is a good way to shut down category number five and take us into halftime, guys. We are going to take a quick little break and we will be right back with you after we smoke some darts. This episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast is brought to you by CIC PowerBox, your all-in-one portable power solution for AC electric, compressed air, and heavy-duty jumpstart. Our patented technology provides silent and emission-free power that recharges while you drive. With customers ranging from farmers and contractors to highway departments and military bases, the CIC PowerBox name has been put to the test for over a decade in the hardest working environments. Whether you're working remote or have limited access to a power source, CIC PowerBox will help you get the job done. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerBox.com to view our product line. CIC PowerBox. Wherever you go, go with power. Okay, welcome back, friends and family. Barflies and anybody else who may have stumbled on upon this pod today. You're in for a very special treat because the second half of this gauntlet, if it even matches a quarter of what we put out in the first half, is going to be some riveting stuff. Mike just said it during halftime. That fucking Chuck E. Cheese tip story. <laughs> Dear God, man. Uh, what what an unbelievable tale. So if you missed that, make sure you rewind a few. I don't know if you were uh, distracted or maybe had too many R&Rs. The rumpy can get to you. You might need to, to give this one a re-listen just like we're doing a re-record. Um, before we get back into the gauntlet, Joel, I have a very important question for you. Ranch or blue cheese, Joel? Ranch or right, blue man. cheese? All right, man. Look, o- overall, I'm a ranch guy. However, wings, blue cheese, all day long. And I don't... If you're a blue cheese person, I don't give a shit. It's your palate. It's your preference. Who gives a shit? Eat what you like. Drink what you like. It Thank doesn't you. matter. Thank but you. if I'm doing like a slice of pizza, fucking ranch, let's go. Yeah. You're like all day. But Joel, wings, I, 100% blue cheese all the time. Joel, I respect you. I love you. You're welcome in my home anytime because you're not one of these ranch elitists that judges people. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Also, you I know, think I think wings is the true test because you're not going to put blue cheese on, you know, everything. Whereas yeah, ranch, listen, I'm, I'm not a monster, Joel. OK, I don't put blue cheese on my pizza. All right. I don't. All right. I put ranch on my pizza. All right. I I'm also not, think that I'm not a crazy person. It also depends on the establishment, because I think 90 percent mm-hmm. of the time, even if wings are involved, I feel like ranch made in house is usually better than an in house like, made blue a, cheese. Okay, I was going to say in-house ranch is better than like a bottled blue cheese. So no. Michael Michael and I, you know, Mike just said that, uh, wait, I'm losing my train of thought here on the blue cheese conversation. Mike had just made the point about, um, fuck, I'm, Jesus. You okay, Steve? Out. We had originally been doing the blue cheese and ranch crank calls was the idea. And that when we would call people, you'd have to go straight down your... Um, contacts listen to your phone and Mike goes well what happens if it's like an ex-girlfriend or like my boss or a business contact and I said well let's do this you get three strikes and here's how the strikes work you can refuse to call this person but you have to take a shot of ranch or a shot of blue cheese I'm telling you right now I don't think the test is wings Mike I think the test is which would you just straight up take a shot of I will drink blue cheese 
I will drink that shit. See, I would rather do ranch because I don't have yeah. to swallow the blue cheese chunks. Oh, yeah. That's the best part. That's the best no. part. No, no. not for Stinky swallowing nuggets. it. Not no. for taking a shot of it. Okay, so I think you should I think you should retract that statement of you're not a monster because I'm a hundred percent not taking down chunks of anything if I'm doing my, a shot. My first ever restaurant <laughs> job. My first ever restaurant job, I used oh. to take little ramekins of the uh, cannonball blue cheese. And I would I would intentionally try to pour the biggest nuggets out of the out of the drum into the little into the little ramekin. I just take shots of it. You're disgusting. Eat, eat little celery pieces on the side. I love blue cheese, dude. That's no, I do so, too. But that's celery disgusting. Celery and blue cheese as well. Mm-hmm. All day. That's not even a question. Ranch, listen, ranch and carrots, celery and blue cheese. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, I've 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 got to come clean here. I, I, at the pizza place where my first service industry job was, I paid our dishwasher five dollars to drink like a sixteen ounce cup of ranch. Jesus Christ! I still like feel bad. Pi- that's a full pint glass. I still feel bad about that from time to time. I'm like, that was a mean. Even though I gave him five bucks, like that was a mean thing to do. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go ahead and say he's. I think he's the fucking idiot for agreeing for five dollars. Well, dude, this guy still rides his bike down the highway to work, so yeah, yeah. I think I was kind of taking advantage. I think I was kind of taking advantage of somebody there. As we were having this conversation, the lady just texted me, and she said to my comment about drinking uh, shots of blue cheese and looking for the biggest stinky nuggets I could from the cannonball jar. She um, she just texted me and said that is the fattest thing I've ever heard. He's apparently eavesdropping from the other room. But, uh, she's right, she's let's, allowed. Let's keep this train rolling. Question number six, Joel. Ratchet and crazy customers, or i.e. people that take shots of blue cheese. Um, these Keep in mind, ratchet and crazy customers, we've expanded this category. Obviously, we want to hear about the, the people that get a little weird, act a little crazy, but we also want to hear, Michael... Yeah, memorable customers. I mean, you already kind of talked about it with the guy who gave you the engraved wine key. You know, that's that's somebody you're never gonna. Yeah, he's you're somebody you're you're never gonna forget. Uh, man, I've got I've got a few more more memorable customers than ratchet ones. So, uh, one of the bars I worked at in Australia was called Frankie's Pizza by the Slice, and so it was a. It sounds very Australian. It was a rock and roll metal venue with a Mm. pizza place in the front. 575 capacity nice just a unit of a venue awesome and every like uh any rock stars or anything like that that would ever come through sydney they would always say that their after party was at this bar called the ivy so all these lunatic fans would go there but they would come to frankie's instead Ooh, i love that that's so so great we would we would get all (laughs) these amazing musicians and like the amount of people that i met in that place is insane i've done shots with dave grohl I um, called Skrillex ma'am on accident. <laughs> I, That's fucking I, hilarious. I met Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I partied with Slipknot, done Jaeger bombs with them. Like What the fuck, dude? Just, At Frankie's it, Pizza by the Slice? Yeah, they actually they just closed permanently no. uh, last December because the building that they were in was bought by the city and they're putting a fucking train station in. It's a really... It was a, it was a really... It was a really sad day for the Australian bar game. We, I mean, that bar was unbelievable. So Legend. we're in there one night. And this, um, uh, the TV actor was in there, and this guy—he's a fucking asshole. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, 
but he was in one night, and this these people were just hassling him all night. Which fair, I get it. You don't want people hassling you if you're in that position. You're a facial celebrity, all this shit. And he he goes into the bathroom, comes out, and goes, "Hey, I think someone needs to go in the bathroom. There's been an issue." And I was like, okay, how much cocaine did you drop in the toilet? <laughs> um, that was the first thing that went in my head. I go in the bathroom. There's this guy holding his underwear with shit in it. What? Pants off with his pants underneath the hand dryer, drying them off. Okay, so he's holding his underpants with shit in it and his pants? Yeah, he's got this and then holding his pants like this. So he's no pants. He's pantsless. <laughs> pantsless. Like, Completely. Like he, he's Winnie the Poohing it in the bathroom. And again, and again, he's holding his poop. Yeah, just throw him in the trash. Like just throw him in the trash. Pirate, like a pirate. He's like, no, pool, I'm going like to wash these next. Give me a second. Is that what yes. you're Yes. Okay. I just so want to make I, sure I understand. I walk in. I walk in and go, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes, what as, are you doing? Get the fuck out. He looks at me and goes, what the fuck are you doing? Get out. <laughs> and I was like, funny you should say that. I'm the fucking bar manager, dog. You got to put your pants on and you got to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tries to make it like it's my fault and I'm weird for coming in. Oh, I'm the reason <laughs> you pooped yourself. Me? Yeah. I'm the yeah. problem here? It feels so, like your sphincter is the problem, sir. So that that's one. And then another well, one on. is, I don't before know if you know. Move on, before we move on from that. So, I, so many questions. <laughs> so I know you couldn't, I know, well, it's theater of the mind. We got to bring, we got to bring these stories uh, to, to. Oh, to I, I can see that one pretty vividly without oh, any explanation. Oh, I can see that vividly. But the question that I have for you is you couldn't recall the celebrities' names. Do you remember what they acted in? Because you so he, knew them from TV. Yeah, so he did this show that was on, it, it got pretty big worldwide, I think. He was like, he played a teacher, he played uh, a guy from New Zealand, he played um, a, like a prissy teen girl. Yeah, I know, I can't remember what you're talking about, but I think it's like a, it's like uh, a show. Summer High Tie. Summer High Tie was the okay. name of the show. And yeah. It, and he played all these different characters, like some type of Eddie Murphy movie? Yeah, exactly. Okay. exactly. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't think, is it, I want to say it's Chris something. Um, and if well, he's listening, to, you were an asshole in that bar. I was just curious uh, if we could try to like back end it and try to figure out who it was. But um, yeah. it's, an, it's an Australian sitcom. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. What's yeah, his this name? guy's fuck. Uh, give me a second here. Oh, is it um? It's Chris Chris Lilly. Chris Lilly. Yeah, yes. Chris Lilly. Yeah, yeah okay. that's it's, fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So he found he found the poop man. Yeah, he found him. And it was he just came up to the bar like. Really, just like I'm sorry to bother with you with this, but there's an issue in the bathroom. <laughs> that was a very polite way for him to say it. I think we're having a problem. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, oh, we ended up having to kick like 20 people out that night because they wouldn't stop harassing him. Like, oh, that geez. sucks. Yeah, like some some girl asked him if she could blow him for a slice of his pizza. Like oh. it would. Yeah, that's it was, a weird thing. It, instead yeah. of just like I'll blow you because you're famous, it's like I'll blow you because you're famous, but also I need a slice of pizza afterward. <laughs> yeah. well, you got to get the taste out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. Need some extra ranch. Do you think? Do you, think might... do you think she swallows the ranch? 
Probably. Yeah. Honest to God, I would I would kind of say yes, maybe to just see somebody give a blowjob and eat a slice of pizza simultaneously. No, that, that's a me, dangerous thing. You're asking to get your cock bit at that point. Yeah. In time. I don't know, man. Australia's got talent. Australia's yeah. got talent. Yeah. Uh, so what so you said you might have another one for this category, another memorable customer? Yeah, just uh Wait, so I had a customer at one of the RSLs that I worked at who he knew my days. He would come. I mean, he came in every day without fail anyway. But as soon as he would hit the front desk, because you had to be a member to come in, he knew my schedule so well. As soon as he'd walk in, he'd just yell, hello, goose. So I could hear it from a mile away. Like, and he'd just <laughs> yell it. And he ended up becoming like really close with me. Uh, Tommy Pring, I'll never forget the guy. So when he passed away, I got Hello Goose tattooed on my wrist. Nice. Right here. And still to date, that bar on his birthday and the anniversary of him passing, they put a pint of dark beer up on the bar in his seat, and nobody's allowed to sit there. A true true regular. I love that. Yeah, and just this dude was a monster as well. Like he would – like he worked at the surf club next door, but they – they couldn't get deliveries, so we would get all their beer deliveries, and he would grab two kegs and just put one on each shoulder oh my God. and walk them over to the bar. And he was probably 65 when I worked there. Wow. What? Just a monster. He played professional Holy rugby shit. in his younger days. And I was like, Tommy, you need a hand? He's like, oh, fuck you. I got this, Joel. And I was like, <laughs> all right, Goose. And he's like, but Dude, the so, guy was a beast. I saw him, so, knock, I saw him knock a like, – 18, 19 year old kid out for calling a girl a bitch in a bar. And he just nice. didn't, didn't give the guy warning or anything. Just cold. I like this guy, I, I like this guy a lot. And like, I hope it wasn't like a couple of friends and he was saying it like ironically, you know? He was just like, you do not speak to women like that. And he just. He would have been an incredible guest on the show, and it's a tragedy that we'll never get to tell his stories. But I'm oh, glad so we man. Well, we did. We, we got to share a little bit of it. That's what I'm saying. Let's throw one in the air for Tommy Pring. Unbelievable. Yeah. Hell yeah, Tommy. So, so was your name Goose, or was his name Goose? Yeah, so I called him Goose. He called me Goose. How did that come about? It was just one day. I, I made some asinine comment to him one day, and he's like, oh, you truly are a fucking Goose, aren't you? That's, a, that's an Australian thing, I'm assuming, then. Um, I think that was just a Tommy thing, to be okay, honest. <laughs> but then, like, he got all he got all of his buddies that he would drink with in the bar to start calling me Goose. And, like, yeah, it was great, man. Mad Kino awesome. player as well. Oh, oh really? They got Kino oh. down under? Bro. Dude. Every three minutes. Do you know what his numbers are? Dude, this guy, this guy would spend chase? probably two, $300 a day on Kino. Damn. Wow. Was, did he With chase that, numbers or did he have the same numbers he played? Same numbers every time. Yeah. Good man. Good man, he, Tommy. He, he switched his numbers up toward the end. So it was always 1, 4, 7, 12, 14 were his five numbers. And he switched it from 11 to 12 because July 12th is my birthday. And oh, his wow. Son, wow. And his son's, his son's birthday was July 11th, but he hated his fucking son. God. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. But he yeah. loves his bartenders. <laughs> his, his, his son showed up to the funeral that I that I was at and was like, only fucking reason why I'm here is because there's free beer. And oh. I was like, and I just looked oh dead at it. God. I looked dead at his son. I was like, you're a piece of shit and you can fucking leave. I don't care. Like, yeah. look at this that. Is, this is meant to be a fucking place of like 
let's tell the good stories. Like, I get it. You guys probably had issues from when you were younger. That's not my fucking problem. But then this you don't show. But then you life. don't show up don't for show the free up. beer. Yeah, just don't show up. Or, yeah. or listen, do the classy thing. Show up and shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Don't, don't say anything. Pay your specs and pay your specs and fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Or don't pay your specs. Some of us really love this guy and had a great relationship with him. That's yeah, exactly. Fascinating thing. People are so multifaceted, you know? And it, it, that's not some unique thing that I'm bringing to the table, but you see it with stories like that where clearly Tommy, uh, Tommy was able to build really tight relationships with the people that he worked most closely with, but maybe his relationships with his family were tough. Well, and he, I mean, he, he admitted it because him and I got to the point where we'd go to lunch every Tuesday. Yeah. That was my day off, so we'd go to lunch every Tuesday. Clockwork, and he felt same like place. He confide in you. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to know each other, and he was like, we were talking about when he was younger. He was in the military for a short time, played professional uh, rugby. And then he, I was like, oh, like, do you have any kids or anything like that? He's like, yeah, I fucked up when I was younger, and I don't have a great relationship with him. I'm working on fixing it. And he fixed it with both of his daughters and one of his sons, and then his other son just wasn't having it. Yeah, so fair it's like, enough. You know, I mean, he, he tried to do the right thing. I mean, and he was an asshole, but I loved him to death. Like <laughs> Some of I my mean, favorite people are assholes. Yeah, 100%. Um, number seven, fights, arrests, and fires. Okay, this is when shit pops off at the bar. You see what people are really made of. I'm a bit of a pyro, okay? I actually like when there's a kitchen fire every now and then, right? You know, it keeps, you know, it gets people, uh, wakes them up a bit, gets the adrenaline running. So tell us about uh, times when shit has popped off. Um, So that same bar, Frankie's, since we had so many people coming in and out i don't know if you know the band uh diane word yeah yeah they're uh from uh south south africa, uh, yeah. South africa yeah yeah so yolandi and ninja so they played a big festival there's a massive festival in town and literally anybody who is anybody in the rock-esque industry is literally in this bar we had this is one night we had faith no more newfound glory uh smashing pumpkins foo fighters um Remaining members of Nine Inch Nails, Slipknot, Marilyn Manson, Skrillex, Diane Word. What the fuck? And like 10 other bands. Like just insane. It, uh, Cheap Trick was there for some reason. It was weird. <laughs> well, what the fuck? Cheap? One of these does not like the others. Oh no. Joel. Um, Joel. Joel may have left the call here, people. We're going to give it just one minute. We'll get Joel back on here in a second. Sorry, I don't know what the hell just happened. That was weird. Oh, good buddy. Oh, good buddy. So, um, so anyway, you were telling us about yeah. this incredible concert <coughs> series, all these amazing bands, and yeah. Diane Word. Yeah. So, uh, Yolandi comes in, and she's amazing. She's cute as a button. It's like I stopped. Like I have like a weird like Jamie Priestley from. Uh, oh, Jamie no, Priestley. No, no, but like from Talk to me. from. From the uh, the Jerry Springer Ringmaster movie, like white trash sexy, like <laughs> Yolandi has that vibe going for. Her. No doubt. And she no doubt. she comes she comes to the bar. I stop ordering people, and I, I hand her the drink that she had ordered from me, and I was like, ah, "Can I be weird? This isn't part of the ratchet part. This is just me fanboying over Yolandi." Uh, <laughs> so she goes and kisses me on the cheek. And fires, just as a reminder. Yeah, no, I know, I got it. There's definitely a fight involved. Shut but up, she goes, Steve. She goes to kiss me on the cheek, and I move my mouth, and she gives me a kiss of the lips. It was oh. great. <laughs> did she slap you after that, or did she oh, stick yeah, your, she her tongue in her mouth? Oh, yeah, she slapped the shit out of me. 
<laughs> she slapped the shit out of me. And she was like, I appreciate that. That's hilarious. Uh, and and so, right when that slap connected with your face, all the so, blood rushed to your bone. Oh, 100%. So Ninja comes in higher than all hell. I don't know what he's on. I have no idea. His eyes are dancing. He's chewing his face off. There's a whole lot going on with him. And we're like, hey, man, I, I'm like, I, I need to have a conversation with you. Because I was managing, so I had to go between bars and give breaks and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey, man, we need to have a conversation outside, blah, blah, blah. So his security guard goes to grab him. And he headbutts his security guard in the oh nose. Oh, my God. His own security guard, not your security guard. Yeah, not my security guard. His own like security Like his bodyguard, guard. we should say. Bodyguard, yeah. right? Yeah. Interesting. Opens him up. Oh, Headbutts him right across the bridge of the nose, opens him up. He's gushing. Like, it's kind of awesome. So, I, <laughs> like, so the only the only thing that I know what to do is I'm like, well, I got to not have blood on my floor. I just take my shirt off and hand it to the security guard. My GM goes, grabs me another shirt. I'm still trying to talk to Ninja. But Ninja's so high, he decides to fight all of his security <laughs> So, well, that's not a fair fight. When you're paying them, that's just not a fair fight. Yeah, what, oh, are they going to fight back? Oh, 100%. One of them, cheat him up. Just, really? Oh, yeah. Literally, just yoked him up, full Nelson him, and just that's dragged him up the stairs and outside. Yeah, that's and basically like, your resignation letter. Right three, three of them are split. Oh, my God. Three of his security guards are split. He's fine. <laughs> but he's just, he's fighting to the death. He comes back the next day to apologize for his really? security being out of line. <laughs> That's fucking metal, dude. <laughs> Sorry my security guys were so out of sorts but, last night. Yeah. That's unacceptable. <laughs> and then I watched, Sorry they didn't uh, let me do drugs like I just want to do drugs, dude. Yeah, I, I, I also got to see Jason Momoa drag one of his security guys out. <laughs> That guy needs security. Okay, that's a massive it, individual. It wasn't. It wasn't for his protection. Obviously, it was more to just like because they were filming Lord of the Rings in New Zealand at the time, so he was just in Sydney, chilling, and it was just like. Oh, you mean Game of Thrones? Isn't that what I said? Yeah. No, you said Lord of the Rings. Oh, sorry, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, you know, same difference. Whatever. No, yeah. it's not. But go on. No, I know that was my fault. I, I just get some people out there really upset. No, no, I, I miss you. Listeners like fuck you, Steve. It's not the same. No. Rings and of power. So he just wanted to just like have his own space, so he didn't just get bombarded with people because he had been in a few other things before that. Yeah, and but one of his security guys because he he let him drink and stuff. He just didn't want him like he can take care of himself. Mm-hmm. But one of his guys got too drunk, and I was just like. Uh, I was like, hey, man, I need to talk to Jason if that's all right. And I was like, hey, bud, like, I hate to do this to you. I was like, your dude is way too fucked up. I can't, I, we can't serve him anymore. And so Australia is also very, it is illegal to serve somebody that is too drunk to operate a car in a bar. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's a really, and the that's, bar a, is li- that's a short the, line. Well, and the bar is liable. Yeah, fair enough. So, so, so we had to. I mean, so, this guy wait, wait, was well even, even if you know that they're like they're walking or they have a ride. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's like that's like a few beers, and you're past the limit. How do you it's guys even strict. get drunk well, in Australia? Well, no. So, I mean, 
that was the legal law. We did not go by that. Obviously, we're trying to make money. I have money. to imagine most bars don't, right? No. We're trying to make money here. But the legal limit in Australia is 0.05. Okay. Um, so I tell him, I'm like, hey, man, your security guy's got to go. And he's like, no worries, man. I'll take care of it. He's a really good guy. He's just big. And I'm like, yeah, mm. no problem. He goes to tell him, hey, man, you got to go. You're done. The hotel's around the corner. You know where it's at. And he, he snaps on Jason Momoa. Fuck you. You don't fucking know how much I can handle. And he just went, nope. And literally just like grabs this dude and walks him outside himself. <laughs> and is just like, if you have a problem, we can handle this. And I was just like, ooh, this is. That makes me like Jace Momoa so much more than oh, I already do. He's Listen, so he, nice. He's great because, first off, he's not too good to get a little rough and rowdy and blue collar with the situation. 100%. Number, second, he's taking care of his own bullshit. I like that he's taking care of his own business. He didn't put the honest on you. He's like, I got you. Um, and I like that he also wasn't too proud of the moment. Like, you're like, hey, your security's got to go. I could see some celebrity trying to big time be like, he's fine. I'm fucking, I'm Jason Momoa. I'm Cal mm-hmm. Drago. Like, come on. But, I uh, also don't give a fuck who you are. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I did that, man. That's a good. That's a good one. I, uh, yeah. I gotta say, a lot of respect for Momoa. Yeah, yeah. That's but, the, that's the but both, yeah, both, both, both of those were probably like worse, like fights. Like, I've, I guess I've seen someone get stabbed in a bar, but that was. Like it wasn't you my bar. You seen somebody got stabbed, or you did see somebody get stabbed in a bar? I, I, I saw someone get stabbed in a bar. Yeah, you want to tell that story before we move on? Uh, it was it it was two cousins that got into an argument, and one of them, well, not an argument, one fucked the other one's wife. Uh, <laughs> two cousins and it, one fucked the other's wife. Yeah, and he pulled a knife out and stabbed him in the gut. Oh <laughs> man, like that. that's pretty rough. <laughs> No, but it was a lot like um, like Royal Tenenbaums, where the little guy stabs. Uh, yes. Uh, oh my god! Is it Luke Wilson? I can't think of his name. The dad. I think it's Luke. Oh, the dad. Um, where, where he stabs his dad. He's like, then I took him to the hospital. Like, How'd you get stitched up? Oh, he took me. Who stabbed you? He did. Like <laughs> it was like that. But <laughs> it was a matter of honor. Yeah. Yeah, it was more of a yeah exactly. It it was more of just a family dispute. <laughs> But yeah, my brother-in-law's family, by the way. Uh, <laughs> really? Well, a, that, that, yeah, that explains yeah. it. That's maybe yeah. why we were trying to be polite and not tell so the story. The, I'm sorry, brother-in-law's the, family. The, I'm oh, no, he doesn't care. He was with me when it happened. I'm, I'm assuming this is a family reunion that you were attending then. No, it's just where – so in St. Augustine, um, the oldest families here are called Menorcans from off the island – off the coast of Spain. And they came over as indentured servants and founded St. Augustine. Like, right across the street from where I work, well, it used to be, it's called the oldest house, and it was the Francisco Pellicer house. My brother-in-law's last name is Pellicer. Mm. So, it's like, he's got roots to day one. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't can't take, you can't take ten steps without seeing a Pellicer. And you or can't somebody fuck, related. And you can't fuck a Palisir's wife without getting stabbed. Especially well, only if you're their cousin. Only if you're their cousin. I think All his right, cousins are married now, but that's no, great. I'm just no, kidding, that I'm was <laughs> that was that was an incredible category. I mean, 
My God, Frank, Frankie's Pizza by the Slice. It sounds like a, a gem, it. you know, especially now that it's shut down, just like a gem of oh, history. Nice. You know what I mean? Oh, just look I'm, it up, man. Look at the pictures. It is unbelievable. So when so Cheap Trick was doing a tour of Australasia and they were their home base was Sydney. So we used to do live band karaoke every Tuesday. So I would go in for that. Cheap Trick took over the live band part. So whenever, oh, nice. whenever you got up to sing, you were singing with Cheap, Cheap Trick. Trick. Wow, that's but incredible. That's, that's cool, dude. The only thing they didn't allow was you weren't allowed to do their words, that shit band Cheap Trick's music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really? yeah rad guys, man. Super rad that's guys. cool that they, they didn't take themselves too seriously either. But uh, anyway. No, never. You can't. Speaking of sex stories and people getting stabbed in the gut. We have question number eight, which is the original category. We just called it the sexy Lexi. Sex stories, because the bar business produces a lot of it. There's a lot of friction between people. You're working together. You're hustling. And inevitably, somebody finds themselves getting split in the walk-in. But we Jesus have expanded Christ. this. It might didn't like that one. But we've had, we have expanded this category to sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, which you've already covered a lot of that, so yeah. I'm interested yeah. to see how we how we attack so, this category I, here. I will I will leave one of the stories for another category, and I will tell this one as this category. So I was working at Charles Entertainment Cheese, and it was the end of the night. We're cleaning <laughs> up. It's it's me, me, the GM, and uh, one other guy that was working there who happened to be the principal of my high school son. Doesn't really have anything to do with storage. It's funny. Uh, I'm going in. I'm what cleaning was, hold up. On, hold on, hold on. What was the principal's name? No, I don't know if he can give that. It, Miss she retired. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have to, so they have all the um, costumes and stuff for, the rat and his friends and all that stuff. <laughs> the rat and his friends, yeah. Yeah, in the back. So at the end of the night, we used to have to take them out so the laundry people could come, grab them, dry clean them, and have them back the next day. God damn it. Nope, we just oh, lost no. them. Hold on, I'm going to take a quick leak. So they have to set the uh, set the costumes out to be dry cleaned. Yes, there, there were like three, three different sets, so it was just a constant rotation. So I am going into the back to grab these costumes to take outside. And I go in and guy yeah, Scotty has the GM bent over in the room wearing the mask. Of Wait, who's Chuck wearing the mask? Scotty or the Scotty. GM? Scotty. <laughs> Scotty is wearing the Chuck E. Cheese head. Well, yes. And he's a high school student at the time. No, no, he's like 22 at this oh, point. Oh, okay, okay. He just said, I uh, gotcha. All right. God and he's fucking it. the GM in the Chuck E. Cheese head. In the mask, yeah. That is epic. Is, that that is the, epic. the, the, the G, GM, is this a man, a woman? Female. Female. Okay. Is she and, is she good looking? I just got to know. Um, She wasn't not. Yeah. That, this is fucking ridiculous. And just yeah. like, if I was a parent taking my children to a Chuck E. Cheese, I would not want to know that this kind of shit is going on. I, somehow, somehow, Joel, I knew that this was leading to a furry story. I didn't want to say yeah. anything, but this I was knew before, this was before furries were a thing. <laughs> well, this was just two people that, having kinks. 
think that's like Scott's thing, or it was just like a hey, there's the head, here's an opportunity to do something weird or what I are mean we, what to, are we talking here? To be honest, none of it would surprise me. I just turned right back around and went, fuck this place, and I put in my notice the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't go get one of the other heads and join in? I mean, come on. I'd have to imagine. I, I never had I never had to wear it. I never had to wear the suits because, like, throughout a day, you'd have 10, 15 people different wearing it. It's like, and it's just sweaty and hot. And yeah, and some people are fucking in them. I mean, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You don't know what kind of stuff is in there. Jesus I have Christ. to imagine that the, that a GM of a Charles Entertainment Cheese in in somewhere in Georgia, okay, Athens, Georgia, yeah, literally have, like per- two miles from University of Georgia's campus, right? Can't have the most fulfilling life, okay? And I would assume that that person probably—I mean, something was like, filling. Well, that's what I'm, that's my point. I assume that their Jesus. day in day out felt like they were getting bent over by Charles E. Cheese anyway. So at that yeah, point, probably. you might God. you might as well just get a good hard stiffy, you know. My my only question in this is: Do you think he put the head on before or after they got started? You know, like I said, none of it would surprise me. He was he was a twisted dude. I keep my shirt on like a toddler. So when you have when you have he was a twisted individual though. Like he was one of those dudes that were like literally he got caught stealing from Kmart, but he was already out of the building and had a sixty inch TV in his hands. And he would let the security guards like grab him or push him, and then he would drop it. But once you're out of the building, he would then sue the fucking company for assault. Oh my god! This guy didn't care. Yeah, like, he, he was like, "What am I going to lose my job? Whatever, dude." Like, <laughs> he's like, "I'm going to get my rocks off while I'm doing it." Like, <laughs> oh my god. See now, uh, oh we were talking god. about uh, server nightmares at the beginning of this, and I just imagine yours are, you know, you're you're sound asleep, and then you're turning a corner, and there's Chuck E. Cheese fucking the GM. <laughs> no, man, my my server nightmares are nothing like that. Unfortunately, not unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Mine are always just the ticket printer. Yeah, just that sound. Oh God. Oh, luckily. Oh, uh, luckily our printers here are so quiet. I don't have to hear it. It's amazing. And we have screens, that, so it's perfect. That is some. That is some for real nightmare fuel. And uh, as is just the idea of Chuck E. Cheese, um, you know, desecrating anyone in your life. But uh, well, I'm gonna try to repress that idea. As we move on to category number nine, um, this is hazing pranks and games. It's Mike and I's favorite category, no question. We love hearing stories about how you kill time when it's slow at work, how you get the morale up, um, or how you initiate some new people in the bar. So, so I have three. One of them is about the bar back that broke the two yes, glasses. Yes, the two glasses. The okay, good. I wanted, to, I wanted to circle back to this. I asked him... The next day, the next day, I had to work with him in the morning. And I was like, hey, man, we lost one of the ice scoops. Can you go grab the left-handed ice scoop? Classic. I mean, nothing crazy, just the left-handed ice scoop. And he was like, dude, we don't have one. We don't have one. I was like, well, can you go to Restaurant Depot or Restaurant Depot? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Well, it, it was a Restaurant Depot because we have a different one in town here that it's a restaurant supply store like if you can go there yeah if you can go there and grab a left-handed ice scoop that'd be great and it's like a 15 minute drive from where i worked (laughs) 
So, and he was like, yeah, like, what do I use? I was like, here, here's my card. I'll have the bar reimburse me. Don't worry about it. Yeah. He goes, and apparently I went in the next day to see how the woman respond, like working responded to it. And so he goes in and just like, so um, I'm looking for a left-handed ice scoop. And she goes, who did this to you and why are you this dumb? <laughs> I feel like she's had similar requests before. Oh, no for doubt, sure. No doubt. At a store like that, they deal with restaurant people every day, all day. And he, he came back into the bar and was just like, you're a real piece of shit for that. And I was like, I know, but you wasted your gas and my time. There's a ton of glasses for you to do. Let's go. <laughs> Get back to work, fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bought him a shot, and we called it fine. But No, but that's <laughs> fair. He, he deserved that after breaking two yeah. glasses in two separate ice wells when I you were busy. should have made him drive yeah. to Jacksonville. It's an hour <laughs> each way. <laughs> like, uh, and then, oh so what we, do, what we do here at work uh, now is we play the movie game to waste time. So you take two actors... Or, no, sorry, two movies. So say you go Raiders of the Lost Ark and Sandlot, whatever. And you have to take actors from every movie and link the two together. Mm. From, like, who they've played alongside in other movies yeah, so and like, stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, example would be Sandlot. James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones was the voice yes. of Darth Vader in yes. Star Wars. Han Solo in Star Wars. Han nice. Solo was good connection. By, yeah, done. By um, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford yeah. was uh, yeah. Indiana Jones Raiders of Lost Ark. Yeah, so. nice. Yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So, Steve, Steve loves this one. He he claims to be a cinephile. Yeah. So so we <laughs> at least you're not a pedophile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking about applying a Charles E. Entertainment. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, drop no. drop yeah. the joke right shake fucking the, now. Shake that out. He's like, he's like, no, leave it in. Uh, And the last one, the last one was when I was at, um, uh, Frankie's my first shift. They were like, it was actually more of a stash shift. And they were like, all right, what is your least favorite liquor and your favorite beer? Okay, cool. Easy. Least favorite liquor, gin. I was also 26 at the time. I love gin now. And my favorite beer is fucking something shitty. I don't care. So at the end of your stage shift, it would be like two hours or something like that. Three hours, whatever. They take you into the uh, liquor room. And they give you a layback of your least favorite spirit for however long they felt was necessary. (laughs) I got like an eight-second count of gin. And then you chase it with your terrible beer or your favorite beer. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they would go, all right, now it's time for a strapito. You've done a strapito, right? No. It's basically taking a bottle, putting a bendy straw in it, and chugging it. It's the same concept as shotgunning. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. But you would do pear cider. If you don't know Ooh. anything about pear cider, it is a natural laxative. Oh. So, <laughs> so they'd make you do that, and afterwards you'd just be like, this is a close call here. I need to go straight to the bathroom. <laughs> and I watched two barbacks um, leak, if you will. Oh, God. Shart. 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 We'll say shart. <laughs> In that You're time. Lord. And, yeah, I was close on my first one, man. 
I was real close. I darted to the your bathroom first so one? quick. Your first one? This happened to you multiple times? Yeah, because whoever was the manager had to do it with, had to do the Sharpedo uh, with the new training. I see. I didn't know. I didn't understand that. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, we do it in solidarity. We're not nice. monsters. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, it sounds like for... A place like Frankie's Pizza by the Slice, you need to. There needs to be some initiation because that sounds like a hell of a place to work. Oh, it was amazing! Amazing, literally second base, second best place I've ever worked. Number one being where I'm at right now. God, that's saying now a lot about uh, boat drinks. His poop in his underwear. Little did I know <laughs> it was the bartender's fault. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Now my, my only my only question, since we're talking about Frankie's by the Slice again, uh, did did the guys from Slipknot all wear their masks when they came to the bar? No, dude, and they're wildly Catholic. <laughs> what? No. Wildly they can't Catholic. all be. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's two brothers, and then the rest How of the men. How does that come up in conversation? What are you talking about? Well, <laughs> one of them was wearing uh, a Catholic cross around his neck, and I like was like, rosary? oh. No, no, not a rosary. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and I, was like, I was like, hey, like, are you guys religious? Like, yeah, like, we like to be home by like 1, 2 a.m. so we can be at service by 9. What the fuck? He was fucking with you, dude. Dude, dead set. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? This is crazy. They're like, yeah, like, yeah. They just get all their angst out on stage. Super yeah. nice Wait, dudes does that as mean well. Slipknot is a Christian band? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely What's not. What's happening right now? Well, didn't didn't one of the brothers stab the other in the head? Oh, I don't. I hope there's so. there's been that a lot. Very uh, yes, I, I mean, mean they're from Des Moines, Iowa. Anything can yeah. happen. Yeah, they've had like, they've had different members and everything. The the band has yeah. uh, changed and evolved over time. But yeah, I I don't listen to a lot of Slipknot, but I do uh, respect them because the whole mask thing was they wanted the music to be about the music. They didn't want the 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 fame. The same thing and, as like Tool and all that. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So I, I definitely do respect them, especially wow. now that I know that they're fucking practicing Catholics. <laughs> all right, well, let's keep <laughs> it moving here, guys. Uh, they could have been fucking 10. with me. <laughs> they could have been. Oh wait, did you? Question number ten here. Oh wait, you wait you you had you had one more. You said no, you had three. No, that was three. That was three. Okay, that was my three, bad. Right? Yeah. All right, we're coming to the final question in the gauntlet. Well done, Joel. This has been against all odds the hardest episode <laughs> we may have ever recorded. Yeah. But we have somehow powered through for the people. That's right. Yeah. For some... you wonderful barflies out there, I, I have to tell you, my left AirPod has now lost power, so I can only hear you in my right ear. Fantastic. It's all right. I've got I've got twenty percent in mind right now. So, all right, let's let's keep it checking. We're gonna try to get this uh, this uh, this uh, what do they call a jalopy across the finish line here. Let's all do right. it. Question number t- ten, Michael. Do you mom? We call it firing quitting stories, but as we affectionately call it. Yeah, getting eighty six. You kind of already teased oh, some, but we there want. There it is. <laughs> nice. Eighty six nice COVID. Eighty six COVID. <laughs> Uh, so tell us yeah, about man. when people famously got fired or quit yeah so <laughs> one is another Frankie story actually um, so I would I had already so I have a very strict rule this is the one that crosses over with the sexy Lexi and the firing okay so I have a very strict rule of do not sleep with co-workers okay. don't do it uh, the only time I feel that it is okay to do is after one or both have already put in their resignation because then you're leaving anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was, I had just put in my resignation and one of my 
co-workers was, had already put in hers. And her and I had started getting physical, if you will. And that she lived a two-hour train ride away from where she where we worked. Oh my so, god! But whenever she would work, she'd do two days back to back, have two days off, two days back to back, two days off. Okay. And so she would just get a cheap hotel mm-hmm. near the bar. So she finishes her shift. The I meet up with her at her, at her hotel. Whatever happens. I go back to work the next day because I have to open, and the GM's there, and two of the other bosses are there, and they go, hey, Joel, just to give you a heads up, you have to fire Jess. And I went, I can't fire Jess. What's that now? <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't. Oh, so I go into work, and... No, the no, 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 I'm not saying there. I couldn't hear you. I was just making the comment. I mean, oh. you're like, you got to be looking at them with bewilderment, like, I, but I've been inside her. Oh no, so God. no, so I literally, I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't fire her. And he, and Phil, I'm, Phil was one of the raddest GMs ever. Sick, fucking Irish dude. Looks at me, and goes, "Why not? You're a manager for another week and a half." And I was like, "Cause I just left her hotel room that I stayed in last night, and um, we're intimate. Unless you want a fucking lawsuit, I can't fire." Her. <laughs> he looks dead in my face. Did not. Beat, didn't miss a beat, nothing. Didn't blink, stone face. Goes, I'll pay for the rest of your drinks while you're living in Australia if you go back to that hotel room and fire me. Oh my God. Wow. This guy wants some some trouble, is what it sounds like. And I go, bet. <laughs> so I go back to the hotel and I go, hey, Jess, just give me a heads up. Um, do you want to work your shift today? She's like, no, I'm exhausted. I was like, cool. They don't need you for the rest of the time that you're actually scheduled to work. She's like, so I'm fired? I was like, yeah. She goes, that's cool. She's like, so when do you have to go back? And I was like, I'm going to be back in 20 minutes. She goes, text Phil and tell him it's going to be an hour. <laughs> I was going to I was going to tell you, you might want to parlay that before you actually do the firing, but it sounds like she was a pretty uh, laid back soul. Oh dude, she I still talk to her like we're still homies like yeah. But yeah, that's what a do that. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Nah, she mm, Yeah, she got me down on some No, no, no. Drinking drinking and stuff like that. Not in that world. Sure, but, sure. Uh-huh. No, no, no. She was she was pretty green in that world. Sometimes nonverbal reactions <laughs> are the best compliments. Okay? I knew exactly. Yeah, shout what out it. to you, girl. You sound like a like a badass. Yeah, she's a champion. She's a champion. There's a few people that I know that are gonna hear this and go. I really didn't want to know that about you, Joel. <laughs> well, we're <laughs> glad to have new listeners, as always. So thanks for tuning uh, in. No, no uh, doubt. And it's yet so, another story you've told on the show with a legendary character. We've had Tommy Pring. We've had Jason Momoa. We've had Dave Grohl. Skrillex, Slipknot, Jess. I mean, there's some good ones here. So how, how far were you able to milk that uh, all your drinks while you're in Australia? Oh, literally. So every shift that I worked for it was only like a week no i gave them a month notice so the next two and a half weeks um i would just be like uh phil i'm taking my break money please <laughs> and he'd just be like how much are you drinking so we would do this thing where it was you could 
see how many bars you can hit, and do a beer shot and a daiquiri in 30 minutes. So and then come back to work? Record? Yeah, and then come back to work. Mine oh was four. Oh, my God. Mine was four. I'm not a monster. <laughs> that, that's still – are you talking about four bars, so that's four beers, four shots, four daiquiris? Yeah. And then come back to work. My yeah. God. Yeah. The, the, record, the record was 11. <laughs> oh my god yeah good grief that that guy That's, is no longer with us he, yeah i'm not not surprised yeah, rest he, in peace he, he had liver complications yeah <laughs> <laughs> no he actually he died of actually a very unrelated thing which was weird he, he was was he hit by a guinness truck he would oh no there goes my damn it there goes the earbuds <laughs> can you not hear me no. no. Yes, I can hear in one. We're good. Oh, you okay. can still hear in one? Yeah. All right, let's keep this straight moving because yeah, if not, we're going to have some recording issues on our hands here. Well, what an unbelievable way to close down the gauntlet, Joel. You have been, I'll tell you, despite all of the hurdles put in front of us, you have been masterful. And I don't think we could have <laughs> yeah, done, I don't think we could have done a pod of this quality without the most perfect soul on the other end of the line you have yeah, the, been the only the only regret i have about this is that we can't all be together at yes. uh the bar right now together oh properly, man we will it'll happen you have been, yeah you have been patient and you have been accommodating and fun and we appreciate well, that and I yeah some incredible you, stories and you guys were patient for the first <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> oh, which good. that will be out on bonus content people oh. <laughs> patreon check it out <laughs> it's I can't a good one share, i can't <laughs> which actually which is perfect because that's actually where we did the boilermaker tape of the yes. mother russia which we didn't talk about so it's perfect so if you want to hear that story from drunk joel make sure to subscribe to our patreon all the links are in our bios Absolutely. yeah well, we have a few more questions before we get you out of here, Joel, and then uh, back to your Super Bowl Sunday um, and your beautiful, tasty rumblements right there. Uh, the, this is my the, fourth the one. I'm doing one. all right. Attaboy. Attaboy. Um, the main one that we always like to ask is we call it the how's our driving. This is where you clean up the show. What did we miss? What recommendations do you have? So tell us about food or drink that we really got to get after in St. Augustine or elsewhere. Tell us about some of the things like maybe we we need to ask a different question on the show, and you think yeah, any anything that you want to get off your chest about bartending or the service industry that, or, that we hey, didn't plug, touch. Plug anything you're doing or, or any other bartender yeah. that you really need to. Interview. So I really, I think what you guys do is great. I I love it. It's awesome. I love the fact that I mean we spoke about it briefly the first time we tried to record that the fact that you even say at the beginning about the mental health and alcohol and all that that's dope. Mm-hmm. It needs to be talked about more, and people don't do it, and I love that you guys are doing that. So hats off to that. Um, I think the questions are great. I know some of the guys said, oh, it's a bit morose. No, sometimes this industry is morose. Mm-hmm. Like, it happens, man. That's just the way the way it works. Uh, I think you guys are doing a great job, though. Restaurants and bars that I would recommend, if you're ever in the D.C. area, go to D.C. Nine Nightclub. Man, great music venue. One of the best burgers in D.C., in my opinion. Awesome people. And, yeah, man, that place is sick. No doubt. It really, it really is. It's a great, yeah, yeah great I've, seen a, I've seen a couple shows there when I lived out there. So that, that's where my sister managed for 10 years when oh, she was really? out there. Yeah. Bravo. Short, fiery little bastard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But she's my best friend in the world. Uh, there, man, boat drinks here in town, awesome spot, man. We 
we love what we do here. We're passionate about it. If you like rum, come in. Talk to us about rum. If you don't like rum, come in. We'll change your mind. Uh, <laughs> there I've, you go. I mean, I have I have a rum for a whiskey drinker. I have a or a bourbon drinker. I have a rum for a scotch drinker. I have a rum for a mezcal drinker. But I mean, I think, I, rum, I think rum is the next category to hit, right? Like whiskey, whiskey and bourbon blew up in the early '90s. Then it was the heyday of the vodka of vodkas in the early 2000s with Grey Goose and Tito's and all them coming in. The last decade has been tequila. Right, you've got 100%, all yeah. of this money blowing into tequila, and and all these great brands kind of come up and challenge Patron as an import. I really believe the next one, the next big category to hit is rum, because we think about rum in this country as either clear rum or Captain, and that's it. And I think what we need to do is we need to Bacardi or Captain. Right. I think what we need to do is step into an era, into the next phase of rum where we realize that rum is as complex as whiskey, a state rum. Hundred percent. With the infusions, especially some of the banana soaked or some of the, like, the heavily aged 10, 12 year rums. Not, not even that. Like, I mean, we've got, we've got some from 1999 that were put in the barrel in 99. Is wow. it too much oak for me? 100%. Yes. But for a, a heavily, like if somebody that likes a Single happy Scotch 21 or something yeah, like that, sure. yeah. yeah, let's go. And that's fine. It's not for me, but I'll get you in the right direction. Oh, okay. I can make that happen for sure. And then uh, the last place I would recommend if a lot of people don't mess with the city. I love it. I was meant to be there for two days. I was there for a week. Cleveland, Ohio. If you're in Cleveland, hit the, hit the Spotted Owl. Dope little dive bar. And then also Society Lounge downtown. Buddy of mine owns that. Joey Fredrickson. Great dude. Awesome cocktails. And just overall fun place to be in. See, now this is why I love this section because I actually had to go to Cleveland, Ohio for a trade show and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I wouldn't ask some bartenders because there's that one there's that one main strip of bars and restaurants yeah. and we got yeah, where it's like there only a little pedestrians. Bit. Yeah. So there's a cocktail bar downstairs. That's Society Lounge. See, and that's that's what I love about this. So the next time you're in Cleveland, check out Society Lounge, check out the Spotted Owl. I, I really I really love those kind of recommendations. And, and, if, you're, and if you're a tiki guy or girl, uh, person, I guess, uh, go to Porco Lounge in Cleveland. Man, if you want to have two cocktails and walk funny, <laughs> go have a great time. I love it. I love. I love. I love the Ohio recommendations from the Florida bartender. This is great. Oh man, I love. I fell in love with Cleveland. If it didn't get so fucking cold, I'd live there. <laughs> so then the other the other request we want in this category is name at least, and I know we already have one, but we want some bartenders that you would recommend to be on the show. Uh, I mean, Gavin is one for sure. Yep. Not even a question. Um, I I don't know if she would do it, but John Matier's wife, man. Yeah. She's great. Jess is a champion. It's actually her birthday today. So if you listen today, Jess, happy Oh, happy birthday, Jess. And yeah, Je- Jess is the infamous woman who slapped the shit out of a guest with a bar mat yes, for yeah. walking away no, no, without, what, yeah. paying his check or something. So, yeah. no, Or for stealing, stealing the bar, bar mat. mat. Yeah, yeah, for stealing the bar uh, mat. So, so yeah, I, don't she- even, I, don't, I don't even count that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, she sounds like a treasure, and if she'd be willing to be on, we'd love to have her. Um, man, I think no, my no. sister would be – I think my sister would be a good one. Yeah, tell I mean, me, please. Dude, the you stories t- that she yeah, has we'll from DC9 – are insane. Yeah, I was in D.C. last night. We'll go down and meet her. She's only an hour away. Why not? Oh, no, she lives in St. Augustine now, but she was up okay. there for 10 years. Oh, okay. Um, and, man, a third one. Ooh. 
he 100% won't do it. But I will say, I'm going to make him listen to this episode. And I'm not going <laughs> to tell him that I recommended him until he hears it. Hey, look at look at all the wonderful PR he got from this podcast. <laughs> And right now we right now we have over like 500 million listeners, which is really cool. So that should be really good for him. You know, yeah, should he, definitely help him. Yeah, out. He, no, he's great. <laughs> but like even the stories that he's just told me, like incompetence and stuff, I'm just like, ooh. Like, I'm like, might, you know, there's drinks, a platform for this, right? Drinks. Yeah, he might he might have to come in under an alias, but we'd love to have him on as yeah, well. Yeah, we we really wanted to do um, him and I were talking about doing something like this and just call it. Uh, <laughs> fuck you and fuck this industry <laughs> and we <laughs> and we just shit on everything that people do wrong in the industry <laughs> but we're drinking the entire time just getting yeah wasted. you got it you got <laughs> to yeah but yeah so Guys, those i gotta jump people, in really man. quick i gotta jump in really oh, quick steve you're freezing up so bad buddy major technical issues he's got this stupid i'm gonna take here, a picture so of his stupid frozen face lead us into the last See, i don't even get his frozen face i get a joel it's been an dumbass black screen with a martini glass in it Hey, that's our logo. Fuck you, dude. Don't talk shit. No, I know it is. That's why I said that. <laughs> Steve, in. Steve uh, where'd you go, punk? <laughs> he looks so happy right now. He, he's like, my my phone died again. I don't know. <laughs> Steve, if you want to get railed by Chuck E. Cheese, don't say anything. Yeah. Uh, there it is. Well, if you, if you want to get hired by Chuck E. Cheese, don't say anything. <laughs> A good way to get hired by Chuck E. Cheese Fuck is to get railed by Chuck E. Cheese first, I'm sure. Yeah, Charles is a prick. <laughs> come on, Steve. Come back to us. We're running out of juice, buddy. It's not working, Mike. You got to take us home. I just said that, dude. Oh, you you're kind of cutting I, back I, in. Is this is ridiculous. The internet is not working. I can't get anything to <laughs> fucking Christ. work. Jesus Christ. Come on. I'm going to try and call him. Oh, uh, and on, we, were just saying, we were just saying that, uh, so Regina, apparently one of you guys' first like messages on Instagram or whatever is one of my homies and she's the from reason, St. Pete from St. Pete. Yeah. She's the reason why I ended up listening to it because she messaged me about John Matier's. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Episode. I thought you heard about it from John. So Regina, no. we love you. You're one of our earliest fans. So thank, thank you, you so thank much. You, thank you. We, we can't wait to yeah. have you on. Dude, and I love the get connection her here. on. She is oh, a she's gangster loves the party, man. So she's she's coming on. She's actually going to be in Baltimore. Her and her friends are taking a trip to the Northeast or the East oh, Coast a little bit for the North. They might even be staying with Steve for a little while. So. No one can show them this city like me, baby. So we'll definitely have her on. She's a gangster, man. I'm so excited for that. Get Regina on. Regina, I love you if you're listening to this episode. You're Fuck yeah, we love you champion, too, Regina. Man. All right, so let's keep this rolling because we're running out of power. So we got a couple questions before we get you out of here. The first one is, why do you still do this, a.k.a. why do you fucking hate yourself, Joel? Well, that's that's it. That's family issues. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't hate myself at all. I I love people, man. That is 100% why I do this. And if I can if I can touch one person a ship, I'm happy. Yeah. Was that your I just like the, the relationship. <laughs> if I can I touch, touch one no person one while wearing a rat head. Like yeah. if, I, if I can make somebody's day better by giving them a drink, yeah. giving them an experience, I'm, I'm good, man. That That's is really it. Well, and from all of your stories, it's obvious that you 
uh, you people have found connection with you. I mean, just like Goose, who you're literally at the guy's funeral, man. You literally have a better relationship with that band than his own son. So I think I think it goes so much more beyond you being a good bartender, but you just being a genuine person and, and connecting with people. And I totally agree, man. I think that's really special. And I hope people are able to come out to boat drinks and uh, get to have the pleasure of having you serve them. I, I literally, I, I wouldn't do anything else in the world. I've done other shit. I don't want to. Joel, I think I think from getting to know you over these last couple recordings, um, I think you'll, you know, one of the things I've identified is that it's very fulfilling for you. I see how you talk about the people in your life and the people that you work with, and even just the way that you and Gavin were interacting on on our last try at the recording as he was trying to help you set up the mics. I mean, you weren't screaming and hollering at him and getting frustrated in the way that I do with Michael every time we do the show. Um, you, you, well, I don't know, I don't know shit about this and he does. I know you were just, you, would hit, you, you just had such a great patience, but I could see that it was really fulfilling for you to, um, have a chance to talk with us and connect with, with us about some of the story, you know, your service career. And I, I think that's great when you find a, um, a, a job that can serve you that way while you're also serving others and, and, and giving them a great experience that's a really special speaking special of a great experience there's the train again everybody take a drink here all right that does, so that, that does bring us to our final question which it does yeah course. which which is a, a great question I, I imagine you've probably thought about this so if you could open up a bar what would you call it or what uh, would the theme of the bar be man i'm not gonna lie this is the like i've gone through the notes and everything looked at everything listened to y'all's episodes i this was the hardest one for me. The rest were easy. The rest were spitballs. Well, yeah, because you've got so many fucking stories under your no, belt. No, but I also, I didn't, you know, the last time we recorded this, I had my notes. I didn't bring my notes. I forgot them at home. <laughs> of course, right? Well, we couldn't, we no, couldn't, I literally, uh, I did got, it masterfully. I, I, got to, I got here and was like, motherfucker, I don't have any of that shit. And I was like, nah, it'll be fine. Then it was. Um... Man, I'm not going to lie. My sister and I have been talking about it since we were probably 15 years old, mainly because I think it needs to come back, and I think it's starting to come back now, is roller skate disco fucking bars, dog. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I, want, I don't want no, no cocktails. I want beer, wine, and shots and single mixers with pool tables and fucking dartboards, do it proper, and just nothing but like fun disco shit. Right, I want to listen. One menu, only one menu item: chicken tenders and French fries, and that's it. Maybe a popcorn machine. No, frozen pizzas, dog. Oh, Let's I'm sorry. Go. Excuse me. Excuse me. You're so right. You're so right. Yeah, like yeah, just simple, stupid. Like, let's go. I just got to say, I think you're asking for a lawsuit, getting people drunk and then putting them in roller skates. No, nah, I love Yeah, it, well, be better at your life. I don't know what to <laughs> yeah. um, I never ice skated until a few years ago, and I'm killer at it. And I started, you, and we're drunk. So, do, you have a, do you have a name? Do you have a name for this place? Uh, Man, I don't know, Dude, Sink and Rink? Sink and Rink. I love that. Joel, I was thinking the roller drink. Or roller drink, yeah. I mean, sink and drink, baby. Let's go. I don't know. I like sink and drink. I like it. Man, it has been an absolute pleasure. I I can't believe we're actually even gotten to this point and got the whole thing on wax. 
Considering Where's everything that has happened in the last two episodes, my God. <laughs> two, episodes, I, you know, two recordings. I'm half ready. I'm half ready for one of us to be like, "Oh, I forgot to hit record." None of that. Yeah, was no even, shit. No, Dude, I literally but... keep looking at the computer, going, "Am I fucking recording this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Even if even if something fucked up, I'm glad I was here. This has yes, been a great time. Me too. Yeah. What a great time, yeah. Joel. And it was it was so great hanging out with you. I can't wait to do this in person, man. Um, oh yeah, man. You're, you're, you're a beautiful soul, and I appreciate you sharing some of your stories with us today. Oh, thank you. No, thank you guys so much for having me on. And I do have that. Wait, who's the sports fan here? Steve. So I go up once a year for an Orioles game. Oh, baby. there you go. Let me tell you right now. I bought season tickets. Okay, this is the best Orioles team. Not even close since since 2014 when we lost to the Kansas City Royals in the ALCS. I know, I know. This this Orioles team, I it's going to be nasty. With all of them, it's going to be nasty. With all of them, they got the only thing. Have, the only thing that I'm sad about is that fucking Cal's not there. <laughs> but that's just that? being a Cal fan. Yeah, I mean, you know, there there's been this uh, this hope that once the Angeles family eventually sells or gets away from the team, that he can kind of return into the fold, and we'll see if that happens. But the truth is, we got Adley Rushman, we got Gunnar Henderson, we have uh, we have Stowers, we have Vavra, we've got Jorge Mateo, we got Seti Mullins. Like this this whole fucking team is a bunch of young killers that that have no ego and and they just not yet not yet that's the thing not yet (laughs) uh well well, i'm hoping that they can stave it off they you know it all starts with adley that guy loves baseball more than anything else in the world and uh, i cannot wait to live at camden yards this summer um and i i would love it if you came up i don't know if you guys can see that because it says that my video is not showing can yeah, you we see can't that? see your face. No. You, I think you Look turned her. it off, but I don't know how to do that. I'm sorry, don't worry. Oh, there, there it is. There you go. Okay, no. So I have that I have that be more natty bow tattoo. So yes. my dad was raised an Orioles fan because he's from Deland as well. And there was no baseball team close to him except for the Orioles. And Sarasota's right up the street from you, right? At the time. At the time. Yeah. No no no. I'm four hours away from oh, okay. the Rays and all that shit. But when I was born, my dad raised me a Braves fan. Oh, okay. Because I was the closest team to me. So I have the old school Chief Nakahoma. Yes, you do. Right Damn, here man. as well. So my my dream World Series is Braves Orioles. Braves Orioles. Jesus. If that if that happens, I'm gonna watch it. I can't root because I'm gonna be happy regardless. Well, <laughs> see, here's here's the tough thing. Considering the way that the Braves play baseball. They only make the World Series like once every 30 years, even though they're really good. So unless uh, lightning strikes in a bottle. Go fuck yourself with that one. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I love no, you. I know, man. No, I know. I but I'm not going to lie. Make me a promise. Come up for an Orioles game this year, and I will. Oh, come, up, come up when Regina's coming in September. Yeah, come on. Let's make it happen. Oh, yeah. Done. Even if that's not baseball season, I don't no, think it no, is. September's but... baseball season September's for sure. Season. All right, good, perfect. That's the end of the season. We'll be in the yeah. playoff on at that point. Um, oh, I'll reach right, out to Regina. If it's a girls' trip, I'll just stay with some homies up there. It doesn't matter. You can stay with us. <laughs> you can stay with us. Trust me. You got a you got a free you got a free hotel anytime you want. We got to put a button in this, fellas, because I'm about to crap out again. Joel, have a wonderful afternoon. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. This has been incredible. No, really thank quick. you guys so much. Right. And also, Mike, I do want to have a conversation with you. 
off about um, fucking. Do you not understand shit. how a button works? Okay, <laughs> goodbye. Shut the fuck up, Steve. All right. Just I just want right, to stop the recording. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> everyone thanks for listening along and thanks for drinking along we really hope you enjoyed the show and if you did we release new episodes sometimes you know whenever we can whenever we want to but as always a big gigantic shout out to our friends over at trauma parlor whose song fast one you heard throughout the show please go check them out they're on facebook spotify they're on this page's description for this episode show them some love that's right and if you want to be one of our regulars follow us on facebook twitter instagram snapchat tiktok any other social media at BRP Drink Along. You can listen along anywhere you get your podcast. That's right. That's right, Steve. Google Pod, Apple Pod, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, wherever Well, else. not YouTube. Just That's fine. Any, anywhere else except for YouTube. Well, regardless. <laughs> you know, figure it out. Um, the Bartender <laughs> Rant Podcast. That's what you're going to look up. Uh, what we need you to do once you find the show, you listen, and you fall in love is to subscribe, rate, and review. This is the best way to help us grow the show and reach new listeners. The more ratings and reviews, the faster we climb up the charts. Plus, Mike and I really need the personal validation. Yeah, that's we're, we're running on empty here, folks. And that Fumes. personal validation means Fumes. a lot. Just send, just send me and Steve a message on Instagram telling us how smart and handsome we are. You know that's all we're do? asking, for God's just sake. Send us, a, send us a DM that says that you leave a tip and just don't even leave a tip. At least we'll <laughs> don't know even that you're leave listening. one. Just, say, just send us a DM that says you guys should be tipped and we'll be thrilled. Trust <laughs> there me. You so. Go. There you go. <laughs> so don't forget, if you are a Spotify user, be sure to check out all of our BRP playlist on our Spotify profile. Uh, you can find it in our, in our Instagram bio. We got some really cool playlists on there just to check out some new music if you're into that. But of course, always we have the BRP Industry Night playlist, which are all songs added by each one of our guests in chronological order. So if you really resonate with guests, get on there and figure out what kind of music they're into. I cannot wait to hear Joel's song choices after the episode that we just did and the stories about him bouncing around to spain and australia and working in that crazy was that pizza bar in australia that he worked at fucking something I something uh, was I like mike slice or some yeah, shit I can't like even that remember the name but we're, dude, we're, by the way people we're recording this outro weeks after we recorded the uh, actual episode so the mind. shut up all right do you want some <laughs> kick-ass show merch Yes, I of do. Course do, you, you do. do you, Steve, do you have Kick-Ass Show merch? I do. I have some. We have some, actually. And, and I think <laughs> everybody's really going to be into it. Um, look, check out all of our amazing swag, courtesy of Campo Design Co. at prodigydtg.com backslash bartender rant. And if you just want to hang out with Mike and me, join us for the first Monday of every month. That's right. The first Monday of every month for our virtual industry night happy hour. We'll have some drinks, we'll meet some fellow barflies, listen to your favorite guest bartender playlist, and tell Mike and I how much we suck at podcasting. Make sure you follow us on social media, because even though I do it late sometimes, we'll be posting the links for those Industry Night Happy Hour uh, video feeds that you can yeah, come join us. It's always a good time to, to hang out and meet some of you guys. So, and if you want to be if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the bartender. Oh my goodness, pardon me, the bartender and podcast on Patreon. VIPs are always going to have a seat at our bar. You're going to get access to our bonus content like the Boilermaker tapes, the suggestion box, Ranchers' blue cheese special releases. Uh, like actually, 
uh, fucking Joel's uh, Boilermaker tape in the first recording we did with Joel where he got too fucking drunk and we had to stop stop 30 minutes in. So that's going to be on the Patreon. So if you want to hear that. beautiful bastard. So <laughs> nice. We had to bring him back twice. <laughs> so hop on and you can hear some of that uh, exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else. No doubt. No doubt. And if you want to be a big tipper. A.K.A. one of Robozels. Feel free to leave a tip on PayPal under the Bartender Rant Podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we'll list you as one of our wonderful executive producers, and we'll shout out your name and drink of choice right here. Yeah, so I didn't get her drink of choice, but we just got a new Patreon member, Regina Grace, you beautiful, beautiful person. I, I think it's so fitting, too, because Regina is the reason that Joel even knows about this podcast yeah. she found us perfect uh she's she's uh out in florida message joel they have you know their friends have kind of become friends and uh isn't this beautiful people yeah exactly people, so sharing with yeah, others so, <laughs> being part of your community. so regina thank you so you much know. uh we really appreciate the support you've been such a great thank fan you. and uh, we can't wait to have you on the show you're the bomb can't wait to meet you in person i hope very soon we'll be getting down to florida um, look, guys, Mike and I do this because we love the service industry and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interviewing local bartenders from coast to coast. And before I say and always, we do have a little thing that we want to tell you guys about. We're going to be doing something special for you. That's right. We might have buried this Easter egg at the very end of the episode, but we want to see if you motherfuckers are actually listening. <laughs> if you still are, here's the deal. You have one week from the moment that this episode gets released. You need to DM us. You need to email us for free stickers. That's well, right. Yeah, we, we have. We also have uh, pins, too. We, we have a very limited amount of BRP pins that we have available. Limited stickers, limited pins. The, they have one of our favorite slogans. Tell them what it is, Mike. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, oh, I fucked this up, didn't I? Bad audio, quality content. That's all you're getting. You're just getting that Somehow sticker. that couldn't have been more fitting. Mike <laughs> fucked it up. But, all right. The stickers and the pins say bad audio, quality content. It's a BRP special release. It's going to be a limited uh, release of those. If you DM us or email them, we're going to send them to you for free, yeah. people. All you had to do was listen to the end of the episode. So I hope you are listening. I hope you hop right on this and we can send you some cool stuff and you can display it proudly as you, you know, when people ask you, oh, what podcast you listen to? You can tell them, I listen to this really shitty one, <laughs> but it's, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the audio is shit, but the, the content is quality. Um, and as always, don't just listen along. Drink along. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, Please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast. And we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode.
I think we lost Steve. <laughs> yeah, we did. This motherfucker. <laughs> Now's the time to talk shit on Steve, too. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, fucking yes. showing up being like, oh, my phone's dying. Well, what the fuck are you talking? Yeah, your phone needs to be charged. It has a little bar at the top left that tells you how yeah, much charge exactly. it has left. We're like 10 minutes in. He's like, oh, yeah, I need to charge my phone. My phone ran out of battery. Your computer's not working. You know, here's what I don't understand, Joel. It's almost like he thinks that I want us to have technical issues that's the thing that frustrates me the most well if it makes you feel any better my one of my earbuds has lost power to it oh yeah that, that that's that's about par for the course for us right here so i'm so i'm like trying to see if i can't What's borrow up? somebody's earbuds real quick <laughs> what is I'm, happening i'm actually What's happening? What's i'm actually gonna is... swap my earbuds out while okay. i have a second yeah no problem and, and if you see me fist pump randomly throughout the show, it's because I'm also getting notifications about Manchester City playing Ashton Villa right now. And Man City scored, so that's why I'm over here fist pumping like a are you big Are you a big Man City fan? Oh, massive. I grew up with them. I, yeah. Oh, shit. But I think he hit an Aaron button. Fuck you. Put your tongue back in your mouth. Don't tell me what to do with my face. Uh, I just want to get, I just want to be good at this. Oh my God. I've never, Joel, my entire life been able to keep a plant alive ever, 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 ever. I've killed every plant I've ever had. This plant I'm back. right here behind me over my shoulder. If you can see him, this is Javier. He's, oh my God. Javier is still really alive. Well, but yeah, he's still alive somehow. I don't, I do not know how he's. He's having some trouble right now. He's got some. I don't know if this is the best place for him in the house, but I'm trying to trying to figure out the right light, the right water for him. It's the only plant I've ever kept alive. All right, I'm gonna reintroduce the question. Ready? Anyway, the bad news is that I'll tell you later because you're gonna get upset, but it's fine. What? Yeah, What's the bad news? Uh, the entire recording was recorded through the cone mic and not the microphone. Uh, it's all right. Uh, it'll probably it'll probably be fine as long as it sounds fine. We'll see what we can do. Oh, it's gonna sound that fine. Was a, it's just that was whether a... we can regulate the volume on my side. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. No, that was a great episode. That will definitely go up.